You know who to call when you have ghosts. But who do you call when you have monsters roaming around your neighborhood, eating up all the children who are tucked in their beds like little human burritos? The Monster Squad, a podcast that isn't afraid to check under your bed, a podcast that isn't faint of heart to delve into the darkest corners of your domain, a podcast that isn't scared to kick Wolfman in the nards. When strange things start to go down in your town, who needs a crucifix when Monster Squad has your six? Give a sinister scream for your host Simeon and co-host Ash. I'm your host, Simeon, and I just took a DNA test. Turns out I'm 100% that lich. And I, I, I'm Ash, and let me tell you, Chinese girls with long black hair are definitely not my thing. <laughs> That's <laughs> legit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so you were, we're back. Um, it's been about a week. Uh, by the time this one comes out, it should be actually october 1st if not tonight well it might post tonight to apple podcasts which we're recording right now on monday but um so yeah we're hitting that that spooky season right off the bat uh, like a bat out of hell Um, (laughs) i'm excited (laughs) i know to me spooky season already starts um i i'm now creating i think from this this year forward i'm gonna do a thing where it's like september i may even go september 1st um, all the way through until November is going to be spooky season for me. Um, I definitely started no. quite a bit ago. I bought some spooky cupcakes the other day. So <laughs> you 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 what you uh, you made or ate? Yeah, I, I bought some. I, I saw them like started to come oh. out in the in the the stars around here, and I was like, I've got a whole two months left. I don't give a shit. I just got loads <laughs> of spooky stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I actually just. Um, it's funny you mentioned that because I just went to the Halloween store yesterday for the first time this year. Um, so I got to, you know, experience more. It, it felt, it feels more real. I think once you go to like, when you buy something spooky, watch something spooky or go to like a Halloween store or something like that, it kind of hits you a little bit more. It's like, oh yeah. It's very strange because over in America, you guys celebrate Halloween more thoroughly than we do over here in Britain, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, it's very strange. Like, Christmas is a huge deal over here, of course, but Halloween, like, yeah. It, we're a small community, I think. Like, whenever you like this, this especially Pontifract, where I live, which is a very haunted place, it's only my dedicated friends that I know that are like, oh, I love Halloween, I love dressing up and stuff and that, but everyone I work with or people I meet, like, I can't stand dressing up, it's a waste of time. I'm like, what? <laughs> What? Yeah. So yeah, to me, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's but... ridiculous. Oh, well. I mean, they're lost. It... Yeah, right. <laughs> I like embracing it. Um, I actually know. Um, I I like follow this um, this YouTuber. Um, and she like reviews like uh, scary movies and stuff like that. She's coming from Australia, um, flying. She's flying over. I, I don't know where they're landing, but they're going through the United States for, uh, I think, for October or for spooky season or whatever. Because, I yeah, like, I guess over there, too, it's it's a different experience. So they want um, they wanted to actually experience the actual uh, Halloween vibes over here in the United States. I do got to ask um, before we continue, what is the most yeah. your most proud 
costume you've ever worn for Halloween? Oh, man. Well, when I was a little kid and I was in gymnastics, <laughs> I, it already sounds great. <laughs> I had like a, I was like a three-headed devil or whatever. So there were like two other devils on my, uh, devil heads on my shoulders or whatever. I remember that one, but that's when costumes were like really corny back in the, the 80s and stuff like that. But um, recently... I would have to say, oh, I put together a mean Rick Grimes when The Walking Dead like first came out. Um, I like replicated his uh, sheriff's outfit, so I even ordered like the the actual metal badge, the place where you can actually order the the police gear from, and then I had his name tag actually printed out. So I went like all out on Rick Grimes, and the, I tried to match everything, <laughs> even like the hat. The hat was probably the most difficult thing, but I actually actually got an actual cowboy hat. <laughs> like at this point you're becoming a cosplayer <laughs> that was straight up like if anything that was the day i became a cosplayer <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah what about you uh i've got two uh one was a joke and i went as the monopoly man because of the mustache and just to kind of like yeah laugh it up i get it it's a mustache and everyone's like oh my god it's the monopoly man and two uh must be about four or five years ago i, was, I went as dr frankenfurt from uh you know rocky or picture show yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> that's awesome do you guys amazing. have do you guys have like a a rocky uh a rocky horror picture show like event or like over here we have like um where people usually get together and they watch it in theater and there's like people scream and they they yell stuff and uh oh yeah definitely um there's a place uh about half an hour 40 minute drive from here called york and it's it's a very famous location in yorkshire it's where the romans and the vikings and all lived in all this like historic stuff but right there it's got a massive theater and it was actually this December, I do believe, I think, um, uh, they're doing one at uh, Rocky Picture Show Theatre tonight. Oh, nice. So you guys run it over there too, yeah? It's kind of like, uh, it's just like a, a connection event where, yeah, just fans get together and, uh, like, there's cues. So if, certain, uh, if, if a certain thing is said, then everybody, like, shouts something or, um, damn it, Janet. And yeah, yeah. I yeah. love it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so fun. I kind of wish uh, there were more um, cult followings like that. Because I don't know, there's certain movies I just would like would want would love to gather gather for to watch like once a year. Yeah, um, like of course I, I as being a not just horror. I do love movies in general, and like a lot of the cult stuff. Which a massive one is like, of course, Rocky Horror Picture Show, um, The Big Lebowski, uh, definitely stuff like Back to the Future's got a massive following. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Uh, and oh, especially over here and over there, uh, Clockwork Orange, that's got a big cult following. And they got a lot of fans over here that love that show movie. Yeah, that's another one too. Um, it's not like a huge. It doesn't seem like it's a huge following over here, but does it, it definitely has like its cult following. Yeah, um, I'm not the greatest fan of that, believe it or not. Yeah, I own it, but um, it's just because it's like one of those movies I I have to own. But it's not like something that I have. I'm ever like, hey, I need to watch this. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why. It's I can see when people say, oh, it's it is a masterpiece, and I can see those traits in the movie. But I'm just always like, 
it's just it's like it's like Nirvana. You know what I mean? I was like Nirvana was one of the greatest bands ever, but I'm like, eh, what are they? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's all subjective, right? So yeah. it depends like what your taste is and uh, it's definitely for me, uh, Clockwork Orange is uh, one I can appreciate, but more of like a film study, like if I'm studying film and stuff like that, because they nail certain things in that movie for sure. But uh, it's not one I go out of my way to watch. I agree with you. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, I hit the Halloween store yesterday. That was pretty fun. Um, I posted a bunch of ridiculous stuff on my my Snapchat. Um if any of you guys want to check that out, it's uh you can try you can add me on there. It's uh, Walking Dead End E N D. Check out my ridiculousness. Actually, yeah, hopefully it'll it might still be on there by the time, but um, if not, just do it anyways because I post just like sometimes just ridiculous stuff. Um, you know, like when you go into like a store and uh, I'm that type. If you see like something posed in a weird way or the letters spelling out something ridiculous that's probably something that i would do <laughs> i'm like halloween so one i'm not the biggest fan of christmas and that's just due to my upbringing like you know my family is a very you know oriented you know family like oh we love each other and stuff like that but we spent a lot of time moving of course we lived in america we lived in Tenerife. i traveled a lot once i got to the age of 18 i just went over and that was christmas became just you know what I mean? It wasn't, we didn't spend as much time together as do. So Halloween's like my, my, my shit. I fucking love Halloween. And even the smallest little cute pumpkin candles that you can get at like Walmart or Asda over here for like a quid. I'm like, oh, I need to get like six of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like your jam. Yeah. yeah. You I, light up. I love Halloween and some of my friends don't get it but I'm like it's the only time of year you can dress up and express yourself it's the only time you wear where terrifying kids is acceptable <laughs> you can do what you right? want <laughs> you can you can scare anybody you want um, although probably um, you probably get some crap for scaring like an old lady or something like that but other than that everything everything's up for grabs right yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah I love it I absolutely adore it I think um, I think more people should bring back the the trick and the trick or treat. Everybody's like doing the treat thing, but the the trick has kind of gone away from the culture of Halloween a little bit. Um, I've noticed here, um, with there's no there's no risk factor. I'm just getting a treat. Like there should be some form of trick. Where I used to when I was younger, I would hide out. Halloween was like a big thing for me too, and I'd like hide out on. Um, the house I grew up on had a porch, so trigger trees had to walk up on the porch, you know, come to the door, and um, I would have stuff like hidden, or or I'd like stuff myself, my clothing, with make it look like I was something fake sitting on a chair in the porch, and I'd just scare the shit out of kids as they walked <laughs> up on the porch. <laughs> Classic. Yes, it's like the best thing ever. I love it. I Even just before uh, everything about it, just the the the. The atmosphere, this everything, you know, the pumpkin spice coffee, and oh, it's so good. Yes. <laughs> gotta gotta love everything about it. It's fall's my favorite season as well. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you in that one too. Yeah. Oh man. So let's see what's going on. Um. Oh well. Actually, after 
the, after the Halloween store, I stopped at, um, it's like a local, it's like a pub bar. So it's got like, but it's got console games. So you, you can sit in a drink and um, kind of get like, you actually step up in a, in a video. And um, you, all those different things. And uh, I was playing Mario Kart. Uh, we were just like, like deep in the game and uh some person walks through the door and immediately you can tell something's wrong they're like freaking out i don't know he was like he was not just on one drug it was like a smorgasbord like a party (laughs) tray of drugs (laughs) he was like jerking around it was like oh man it was like like uh around like uh have you seen world war z oh yeah or uh yeah yeah even yeah there's other ones too that i can i can reference to but uh that's probably like one of the references now he was like jerking around like that how's this guy even standing (laughs) so anyways (laughs) i'm getting off uh topic here but i didn't get like a vibe of uh he was dangerous but i got a vibe more of like i need to be careful um this guy might like flail around fall somewhere or something like that because i he was relatively close to me probably within like about five feet or so so i but i'd keep like my situational awareness with him because he was like freaking way way off and um so he gets he just wants something to drink and they're asking him to leave or whatever and uh he says get this says his name is dracula <laughs> <laughs> That is amazing. I do not do the blah, the blah, the blah. <laughs> I'm here for a little sucky suck. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. I think that's the... Imagine I saw a meme that said something like that. Imagine... I imagine that's like one way to like... Just like put off a vampire. A vampire like... Um, he approaches you and you're like... Are you here for the sucky sucky? <laughs> and and like, that like what the... Um, you know, the... The women of the night would say in somewhere like Thailand during like you no know, during the war times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably yeah. right. Yeah. It'd be. Uh... It's just what I see in the movies. You know what I mean? Just that type of thing. But that's crazy. That is great. Over here. Yeah. One one thing I hate about over England is um, so when most of my Halloween nights are like activities is me gigging, uh, being a DJ. I'm, I'm anything that is big and spectacular. I'm always doing a gig yeah. and sometimes I'm always after gigging a, a certain like nightclub or something like that which is fine um, you'll get some proper dedicated Halloweeners that are like you know um, Michael Myers Freddy Krueger's don't you know that tried the best you know for this holiday but the most cliche thing is a white shirt black jeans and a skeletal uh, face paint and that's it they've done for Halloween and maybe one oh. contact lens and I'm just like oh you it's so it's like tribal tattoos you know like the out of fashion no one needs them anymore yeah it's the it's the basic bitch costume yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> oh man I'm trying to think what's something that's like that over here well you know what that would be the equivalent over here too probably like just whatever um ah oh, yeah I, yeah. I can't think of anything else. That's that's probably it. Universally, that's yeah. it. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. It, it, it's better than not dressing up for Halloween and just standing in the bar like, I don't celebrate Halloween. It's like, you grump. But, you know, man, put some put some magic towards it, you know? That's all I ask for. Some, 
Yeah, I'll accept basic bitch over nothing though, or some person that the uh, goes trick or treating and and not a costume. I mean, even like make up your own costume if you like oh, if even if you can't afford something even if you deck out like your shirt and like blood and stuff like that or uh like like fake blood and um there's like little things too like um i've seen some creative things that are gonna start to be not creative anymore because it's just like one of those things that it's out there but like serial killer and you have like boxes of cereal that are like glued to your shirt and they're all like ripped <laughs> open and stuff like that. Yeah. That's one thing I guess I miss about Florida is Florida itself is also a very scary place. That's for one. But um, also Universal Horror Nights, you know, Universal Studios Horror Nights. That was amazing. Yes. Halloween Horror Nights. It was so good. Oh, man, that's on my uh, my bucket list, my grave list. I've been for sure. three times now and all three times were absolutely uh, the most, the most memorable one for me was when they recreated the some scenes from The Thing, and it was, mm. uh, yeah, it was so good. You know the, the scene when the, the guy on the table, his head stretches out and then starts rising up? Oh my god. Yeah, they recreated yeah. that, and I was like, ah! <laughs> Everyone's trying to rush past and escape the area because they're scared. I'm like, I need to see more! <laughs> <laughs> Please, take me now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love that movie so much. I'm, yeah. I'm a little jealous right now, and um, I heard there were like, um, well, was it Rob Zombie also? He had a maze there too for a while. Yeah, I wonder if he'll be back this year. I wonder if they're gonna do something for him this year. You know, with the with his new movie, which apparently yeah, is going to th- be doing well. Yeah, Three from Hell. Yeah. Um, apparently, it's getting a, a re-release in select theaters too coming up. Um, which I knew I wasn't gonna get it, um, but I. I, I loved um, Devil's Rejects and stuff like that. Um, out of all of them, though, I even liked his remake of uh, of Halloween. But uh, this one I was not super stoked on for some reason. Yeah. Um, I hadn't seen it yet. So you've seen this newest one? I haven't seen it. No. Three from Hell. Yeah, I, I, I haven't, haven't seen, seen it yet. I, I wasn't like... Um, I mean, if it would play Like went and saw it the first day it came um you know i'm not gonna like drive or seek it out um, yeah no i get you yeah i was like that with it chapter two to be fair <laughs> yeah i already I did heard too. a lot Actually, about it so i kind of was in that mindset of i'll wait <laughs> i would i mean yeah right now to do definitely just like wait for it's a rental actually i'm gonna buy it because you can't have i can't own chapter one and not own but um, yeah yeah definitely yeah it's um i don't know like we were talking subjective but uh after like studying film and stuff like there's certain things that kind of like just rip me out of the, the cinematic universe and uh they did it quite often in chapter like immerse myself into the the movie because I love just like, you know like losing myself in the apparently it chapter two had a lot more comedy into it yeah um I'm trying to think I think I laughed harder in the first one though um because the kids but yeah um act- well Bill Hader of course he was hilarious well I've heard he's he's like the best part of the whole entire movie his acting is just like ridiculously good in it yeah it's he 
I wouldn't say he like completely stole the show, but um, he uh, he was definitely a highlight of the the movie. Um, there's somebody else in the movie too. Talking about it and the the movie and what it's all about and how he conjures your greatest fears. Um, it's quite a good segue to this podcast, isn't it, with what he does? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, exactly what he does in the the franchise. You can call it like a... You can almost... You can call it a franchise now, pretty much. Like Yeah. Because... Um, I heard there's going to be uh they're going to they might do another one. I don't know what or how, but um they're talking about doing another. another I mean, there's a whole yeah. universe behind Ben Stephen King's books, isn't there really? Oh yeah. And they kind of all like mingle and yeah. um wind together, which is kind of interesting. I mean, I like that. I don't think everything needs a universe, but when it does, sure. I mean, um yeah, I'm not like a hater on um, on universe stuff. Although it is, in a way, Hollywood. It kind of uh, what it does to Hollywood. I don't like because Hollywood wants that universe and they want the sequels and they want they don't want it. It, it takes away from original content. They're not willing to take that yeah. chance on. Yeah, it. most definitely. I get yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. Oh yeah. Anyways, yeah. That per- actually it segues perfect into. Uh, this episode is nightmares and frightful scares. Um, so we're going to kind of delve into um, what scares us in horror movies. And not just that, but our own internal battles that we have with fears and stuff like that. So it's we're going to hit like multiple little topics here. Because um, not just movies, but there's something to a, a scary movie then that that you just kind of like it makes you think why why does this creep me out so much yeah yeah no i get that i mean yeah one of my um, movies um that that we'll be talking about soon it it's a very questionable movies because a lot of people that i talk to about that movie are like what really that creep creeps you out like they don't get it and i'm like yeah it creeps the frick out of me yeah, so that's like the the whole like psychological thing behind it, um, and everybody's different. Yeah. So uh, I feel like when you're talking about what scares you in a movie, I don't think there's any there's no simple answer. Like um, there's no universal answer either. Um, yeah, there isn't. Yeah, because um, well, did you know? Um, so here's a little bit. Um, the average age uh, people watch their first horror film is 11 years old oh wow hot damn yeah so that's like the average which i broke the shit out of that average because i started at five (laughs) i'm about to say i was super young right i was um probably i I mean looking back no i it, it depends on on the person i'm sure um i don't think i was too young but at the same time, it def- it definitely would well, definitely help fuel my love for horror movies today. Um, and when you, at a certain age, I don't know exactly what this age is, but the brain doesn't know that the movie isn't real uh, up until a certain age. 
Yeah. Um, so, this is it's very funny you mention this. I have a friend who is very susceptible to horrors, and even more so to blood and gore on movies, but, like, not so, not, let's say, hostile, that type of blood and gore. You know what I mean? It's more, uh, like, Saving Private Ryan, you know, realistic gore, which is, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, it, 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 like, she passes out. Like, if she's watching a movie and the, the, the scene's a bit too tense, she literally will pass out from it. And same with horrors. Oh, she can watch a horror. And so she watched... I made her watch The It, chapter one, and she was fine about it. She got a bit scared, which was fine. But let's say... What else did she watch that scared her? She watched the... I forgot it. She watched a horror, and it gave her nightmares, and she couldn't stop thinking about it for weeks because it scared her that much. So... And she's 24. Oh, man. So um, anything that's like too gory that's her like her her uh realistic her gory yes yeah, she's um so she's actually a scientist so she's she's went to oxford which is a very high high graduate you know oxford university um and she didn't have a tv when she was younger so not because her parents were strict but it was just her upbringing was books and you know being educated and stuff so when she hit let's say 18 when it was an age where the world opened up to her and she was allowed to drink sugary drinks and you know what I mean like even though she wasn't allowed just you know she got to the age where she was like decide she could decide oh, I want to watch a horror now I'm old enough um she was just so new to it all it was like a whole new world <laughs> and it oh yeah she's just like whenever we hang out and I'm like oh do you want to watch this horror she's like oh you're gonna have to explain it to me first otherwise I might pass out <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> so she needs like a a precursor. She needs something to to warm up to. <laughs> yeah, because uh, she was interested in hereditary, but even when I turned around and said, "Hey, hereditary," even kind of freaked me out. She went, "Well, that's not good for me. Then it's gonna kill me." I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> oh man, yeah. So that's one of the the genres. Um, I was looking up and I was researching like, there's like, um, there's five main genres and then a bunch of sub genres but uh gore and disturbing is one of them so that that hits her um there's like so there's gore and disturbing there's which includes like uh, a bunch of like subcategories but some of those ones would be like um uh, let's see the loved ones the green inferno um like those type of like uh, even i think even like uh, what else would go in there? Gore and disturbing. So it, it just have to be like grotesque movies. I think Saw might even fit underneath there, as far as like a gore and disturbing one. But uh, oh yeah, yeah. Then there were. Uh, uh, so then there's psychological, which is like there's a bunch of movies underneath there too. But some some of those I'll name was The Shining, um, uh, Frailty, The Babadook. Um, Babadook. Then you get sick, in, man. I love that movie. Oh man, that uh, it was. Um, <laughs> I love that excitement. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, when I was watching it, it was like one of my. Um, I was like, this is going to be one of my favorite movies. Um, there were just a little things that downgraded it for me, but um, other than that, it was like a, a fantastic movie. I think if if they would have had just a little bit tiny more, maybe on the budget, or if they wouldn't have used. Um, there's a sound bite in the Baba Duke that kind of oh, I was like no mm. but um, it, it's still an amazing movie like to me it's like a like a 9 out of 10 movie still um, it was almost perfect though 
You could have been perfect, Baba yeah. dude. You could have been. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then there's Killer, which, you know, you get into like, that's, uh, there's Slashers, like, that's like Scream, High Tension. Um, and there's like, and then the subgenres are, there's like Wrong Turn, Wolf Creek, all that stuff. Um, and then there's Monster. Which then you get all the monster movies. You get zombies, vampires, werewolves, mythological. Um, and then there's uh, the last category is paranormal, which is like ghosts, haunted houses, possessions, de- devils, demons, witches, liches, um, all that good stuff. But um, delicious. Yeah, it's kind of. Yeah. <laughs> all the key ingredients to a horror stew. <laughs> Right, witches and liches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my lich. <laughs> witches, liches, and bitches, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um. So yeah. Um. So out of those genres, what is yours? Like, what is your the the main genre for you that gives you the most frights? Oh jeez. Yeah, I was. I was thinking about this and it's like a mix. I'm like all over the place because I appreciate all of them mm. um, in different ways. But yeah, there's definitely ones that that hit me in different ways. So um, if you have like psychological and paranormal, or even if you combine, if you can somehow like combine those two a little bit, that's like my ultimate jam yeah. would be like a, a psychological paranormal. But yeah, I can't like pick one for sure because my my mood changes all the time. But yeah, my top two would be psychological, paranormal, and then monster would be there just because I oh man I grew up loving monster movies. But uh, hell yeah, yeah. What would you say your yours is? Well, see, mine's hard because um I actually have a phobia, which is a uh, Kinemotophobia, which is a slight, like, so mine's not as bad, but that's as, as a, a fear of zombies or an actual outbreak of zombies, I'd say. So oh. I actually can get, so an example being is, this is how like much zombies can scare me. If it's realistic enough to believe it can happen, um, it'll freak me out. And some games where it's quite realistic, I'm just like, I can't play it. Like, I'm, I'm a, you know, I play games quite a bit, and I've played horror games with zombies, and it's really down, it's grounded, and I'm kind of like, oh, okay, I'm good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then again, uh, spoiler alert for anyone, you know, for the future, but like The Grudge, I don't know what category that would come under. That's like paranormal, isn't it, really? Because it's the curse. So, I'd put The Grudge under... Um under paranormal um definitely and this is man what would it be supernatural paranormal yeah that one's because it's based on the curse yeah i would put it um the subgenre under supernatural if i just had to guess i'd have to actually maybe do a little bit more looking into for sure but right off the bat that's what i would say to make it easier the grudge as a movie threatens me so the idea of Grudge doesn't scare me, but the, the movie itself kind of freaks me out because it's just I think the way it, it you the way it's done it's like all, all three of them have parts 
there's, there's some awkward scenes, don't get me wrong, which you're like, what? But there's just, it's just the the, the main character of the grudge of the, the Miniko, whatever her name is. No, thank you. Like, it's it's too group, too creepy for me. Whereas the zombies, I actually have a slight phobia of them. So that's actually like a, a real life thing. <laughs> Yeah, so that's interesting that you, you bring that up because I was going to talk a little bit about like the, the psychology and stuff like that behind scary movies and um, when you associate because you um, and it's it's something that that hits home because it, it is um, something that you know like could potentially um, in the realm of happening as far as like even if it's not a zombie outbreak like a virus outbreak or something you know like um, a pandemic. Um, something that that causes complete chaos in the world it, it kind of like hits your brain in a way and um, it, it, zombie stuff kind of gets me in that mood a little bit too because it's something that you can relate to a little bit like um, well, even if it's not zombies it's something could be going on well uh, so a little cliche here my zombie horror is is a has an origin story which was when I was a kid very very young kid five years old uh, of course, you have an early bedtime, 10 o'clock, whatever it is. Go to bed, parents. My parents would play games, you know, at that age. And they'd play one game called Resident Evil. And to anyone that hasn't heard or know what that game is, it's a zombie game set in a city. Um, and this virus breaks out from an underground uh, corporation and zombies come around. And I used to sneak down to my, we had like, you know, stairs or a banister you could stick your head through and have a look. And I'd watch and... Have you ever like watched a horror that's so freaky, but you can't stop watching it because it's just that good freaky? Like like Hereditary was the last one I watched. Where I was like, this is freaking me out, but I've I've got to watch it. <laughs> Glued to it. Hereditary yeah. was the last one for me too, and before that, it was like The Conjuring, where I I couldn't yeah. look away. Even yeah. if it was freaking you out, even though you get that, it's almost like butterflies, nervous feeling, and like your heart iron. It's like this is freaky, but I I love it. <laughs> yeah, I just get freaking i just soak it up i i love every bit of it when i'm getting freaked out yeah um, so yeah. that's what started and playing games do it to me um have you heard of a game called um the last of us oh yeah like yeah the, played a little bit of it the the infection is based off an actual real life um fungus oh the isn't it the fungus that's on like the the amazon floor that would like um it would take over like certain insects and stuff like that. And yeah, Ophiocordyceps, Ophocardi- Ophi- Ophi- it's called. And it's a fungus that infects mainly ants. And then it controls the ant to attack its own and spread the fungus. And the story in the game is that fungus, of course, evolves and starts infecting humans. And then they click because they go blind and they use the clicking to, um, you know echolocate its victims and i was just like this is too close to home <laughs> the fungus is among us yes heck i was like yeah. i don't know if i can keep playing this if i'm gonna have to keep dealing with these fungus things <laughs> it's a very realistic one um that's actually genius how they took that because uh i've actually thought of that before like um like what are some things you know that uh, that could actually happen what's well, already happening rabies in, in, in insect world and stuff like that and rabies kind of like a zombie fire yeah so um what if rabies ended up mutating with like um like you have like um 
some weird like raby flu virus type type situation that mm. uh, ends up mutating because um, I mean rabies already affect the brain to the point where um, you it does weird things like like it makes whoever's infected or whatever's infected by rabies afraid of water um, which is kind of like interesting um, yeah yeah so before I continue with my stuff, what's yours then? Spill the beans. I want to know your deepest, darkest secrets. Oh man. <laughs> well, <laughs> I kind of want to do. Yeah. So before I get into like the my actual movies, I guess I kind of want to just like bring out, mention some of like the um, like the psychology and stuff behind all of that and association, because. Um, we kind of so we know we know at a certain age that uh horror movies aren't uh, but yet they still scare us why and like i was saying before like there's no easy answer to that um but like my own personal like belief in this because there's actually nothing that is like tried and true and out there that's like oh yeah scary movies are spooky because of this um you can't nobody can answer that 100 percent with 100% certainty that this is what, or this universally scares everyone because of this. The brain is a freaking magical, weird, complex thing that um, they well, they don't even know why we dream. Like, yeah, they can't even fully explain that today. Like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I think so, um, horror or something psychological as horror, for me personally, maybe for many others, I think it's got to be close to home, and that's what makes it makes horrors good firstly you know like when Nightmare on Elm Street came out it was during a time where you know there wasn't much much horror out so this idea of this creature this man who would go around in your dreams and kill you in your dreams and it happened in real life you can, you can imagine that being in, being alive during a time where you know original ideas were you know going popping up left right and center you know what I mean? It's close to home. Like, oh, my crap. Even in my sleeps, I'm not safe. You know what I mean? It's, woo. Yeah. We'll see. That one gets to, um, it's on, it's definitely one of my list of fears, but, um, Wes Craven actually, um, when he did a nightmare on Elm street, that, that's actually based off of real life, like news articles that were coming out. Kids were dying in their sleep. Um, I don't remember exactly where it was, but there was this place. Uh, yeah. Don't quote me on it. It was another country, but kids were, um, uh, uh, being so terrified and they were dying in their sleep. It was really weird. Wow. Um, yeah, so he took that and he ran with it and created um, A Nightmare on Elm Street. And as we know today, the famous Freddy Krueger and all that stuff. Um, that movie's amazing. That's that's one of my top favorites. But uh, I definitely believe um, hitting home, like you said, um, association has something to do with it. So if you like connect, if you connect with the character a place, a feeling, or even a fear you already have. And this fear, um, it can be for something that hasn't even happened to you, um, or maybe it has happened to you, but even irrational fears can come into play. Um, you know, like we can't fully explain some of the irrational fears that we have, um, because maybe they were created at a very young age or don't know where they fully come from. Like my fear of, um, 
like the ocean stuff like that like oh man i hate the ocean but uh but <laughs> wow that's an understandable one though i guess yeah it is although i've never had like a i've never had like a bad it's you know like nothing has ever happened to me that would scar me from the ocean um and the times that i have been in the ocean nothing's is really bad ever happened um minus maybe a sea otter popping up about five feet in front of me and scaring the shit out of me but that was like a still a positive experience but (laughs) (laughs) um but i think movies might have played a little bit into that too with like jaws and and all that stuff deep blue uh, sea yeah (laughs) oh man (laughs) um i yeah i don't know the brain's weird it has like a a mysterious way of like taking us into into like a dream world and um perhaps movies are like an in-between gateway from the real into our dreams like that in between that we're not we're not dreaming we're not asleep we're not like fully immersed in our own life at that moment it's like that in-between gateway i kind of feel like it is it's also one of those things where you know when you watch a horror with friends and then after the horror is over is that it is the whole can you imagine if that happened in real life like what would you do and it is also like you said it's you relating yourself to that situation and then you know i mean you think of what would i do if like the grudge came and started bleh, under my bed you know what i mean like i don't know what right. i'd do i'd probably poop a little bit then just cower <laughs> uh, yeah, <that's> yeah. <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah that that's actually uh especially more difficult than i thought to do but that sound it's like it's because in the movie she her neck just snapped and it's just like uh, 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 she's just trying to breathe so it's not much of a monster sound she's making it's um when the her husband snaps her neck it, you know her jugular and everything twists so it's her like trying to gasp for air and then when she dies it kind of just follows her that sound <laughs> yeah and i just it's, it's, it's so good. fucking freaky man <laughs> it's like it's like perfect when the, it's so simple too um and little bits of, um ari aster um the creator of um hereditary and uh and uh midsummer uh he uses voice he uses sounds a lot too and yeah. I, I think that's like a that's a huge aspect of horror when you can combine like a good or a creepy sound even if it's something simple like the like yeah, the clicking yeah. of hereditary like um Oh man! So, I don't know. He's uh, going back. You were saying about like it's like a new like when you're watching a movie, and it kind of you know you've you've got to have some sort of relation to it, I guess, that makes it scarier. Heredity made it scary for me. The reason why that kind of freaked me out was the movie itself is well well designed for one, but my little yeah. sister it actually has autism and scoliosis and spina bifida and all that so she's when you see the young daughter and without spoiling the movie and you know what happens you know what i mean it's close to home that because of my little sister oh man yeah and don't worry about spoiling anything um yeah you listeners were were heavy spoiler podcast um except for like the fresh kill episodes but man yeah so did and did she watch some of it so my little sister no no she she hasn't watched yeah she's not good of horror she's i do i can do a really good pennywise um um when i'm had a few whiskeys and i can i'm being joking around, i'll do pennywise but you're like hiya georgie all that stuff and she hates it it freaks her out <laughs> she's not good of horrors 
She's like, nope, I'm out. But for me, when I watch Hereditary, and so the spoiler is the young girl in the movie, she's, of course, has some disabilities, disadvantages in life, as you know. Um, and one of them, she's allergic to nuts. And of course, when the, the brother has to then take her home, she's gasping for air outside the window. And then, you know, boom, splat, the head comes off. Yeah. And it just kind of made me think of like my little sister and like, God forbid, you know, in a situation where she has to do something and we have to take her home, you know, she can't walk very well. She's not going to walk in due to her spine. You know, she's got a massive scar down, you know, her back, which when they straightened her spine and put screws in. So she's not great at walking. Um, loud sounds and stuff like that can scare her. She's not high up on the spectrum, but she's on the spectrum. Um, mm-hmm. So when that happened in the movie, I was like, oh, crap. I, you know what I mean? That would haunt me for the rest of my life. So I guess that's, again, it is one of those, if you can relate to a horror movie or put yourself in that situation, that also can amplify the scare tactics of the movie. Exactly. Um, which, by the way, yeah, I, that's a brutal scene. Like, oh, man. And then we get to see it um, again with those... the ants. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, that, that scene, actually the whole movie, um, it's just will go down it's, in history. Yeah, like, it's done really well, isn't it? Like in terms of horrors. Yeah, it's it it blew me away as far as um, and that doesn't come around very often. Like one that just like takes me and um, takes me on the trip down the the spooky sp- takes me down to Spooky Town. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my Tuesday and nights then, on the pull. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, I loved it so much too. I jumped on um, after I watched it. I jumped on eBay and I was looking for like props and stuff like that. And I actually grabbed one. Um, it's the actual. Um, it's the little tin can um, that Charlie like put all of her like um, knickknack pins and, oh, yeah. and paintbrush stuff in or whatever. It's the actual um, uh, tin metally like container thing or whatever it's quite funny <laughs> hereditary because I can remember watching the adverts and I was like eh. do you know what I mean paranormals eh, they don't do much for me that's what I thought it was going to be of some sort and then I you know when you switch yeah, when you've got like Amazon and you can swap around to make it be like a US Amazon Prime video oh okay I did that mm-hmm. and I saw it and it was like $3 $4 to rent so of course I I was like, hey, I'll rent it, I'll watch it. And I watch, I don't know if you're the same, I'm very lonely. I watch horrors alone and with earphones on because at the moment I don't have speakers. And when I lived with my parents, I didn't have speakers then either. So and I was like laid in bed, stuck it on. I was like, yeah, I'll give this a watch. Man, did it take ages to get to sleep after that. <laughs> <laughs> it gets in your head, right? It doesn't want to leave. Yeah, man. It was really good for doing that. Yeah, I play. Um, I watch a lot of horror movies myself, um, but I play it like on the TV, like pretty loudly. Um, but I also work graveyard hours, so I'll be up at like you know, like one, two in the morning watching a scary movie by myself. Yeah. Um, probably just like torturing myself in a way, but in a good way. <laughs> it's like the best. Do you get? Like, yeah, there's um, something. Sorry. Um, just a quick oh, no, one. Do you do you get like an adrenaline sometimes of good horrors like? You know the the scare tactic of it. You like fucking that was scary. That was good. Like, you know what I mean? I do. Um, I do, and um, it, that's uh, it's gone away a little bit. And it takes like a movie like Hereditary to bring it back out of me. Like, it was like The Conjuring, and then um, well, there there was another movie around The Conjuring. I don't know if it was before or after, right off the top of my head, but um, like um, 
anyways i'll talk about that one that movie later but uh yeah i do it doesn't come around very often and i don't think i was thinking about this am i desensitized i don't hmm. quite know because i was thinking about like the psychotherapy in movies where watching things that scare us in like a in a controlled and safe environment they can actually be a form of overcoming our fears and i was thinking am i desensitized or just overcoming my fears and so that's an interesting thing to think about because uh, a lot of people just jump to the the conclusion that you're desensitized from all this stuff but is it um it, we could be actually um you know like going through our own form of psychotherapy exposing ourselves to these things that scare us and then later on they don't scare us as much yeah i guess i think it's a bit of both you know you you know someone like yourself who watches horrors just as much as i do you can easily like watch a horror now you know and then you could guess ah there's going to be a jump scene in five four three boom there's the jump scene because of course we're desensitized and watching that many jump scenes we get a feel for it yeah. So again, something like Hereditary, which for me was quite groundbreaking for its time. I was like, I ain't seen anything like this in a fucking long time. Yeah, it is probably like I have. So ten years from now, I could never watch a zombie movie. It scare me. Now, you know, I can watch a few. I'll be okay. So. So you've kind of uh, kind of weaned yourself. Yeah. Off of the fear a little bit. <laughs> there is still some. So like twenty-eight weeks later. I'll watch and you know my heart rate will probably increase but 10 years from that like ago I was I would have not been able to watch that I'd be like nah <laughs> yeah it's uh it, it's something that can't be fully explained I think so but I I like exploring and thinking about like you said you said um you also mentioned earlier how um these things they make us think and they kind of like they have a way of like connecting us together even if or even understanding your own self a little bit more it's like playing a game you know you when you play a good game makes you believe you are immersed if that be you've made your own character or you are investing in, in that character in this universe the horror can do the same yeah. it's this you you can believe that this universe you know is real and how how would you survive in it? You know what I mean? If werewolves were trying to rip down your home or that type of thing. And if it's done well, if it's executed well, you, you can, you know, it can give you fears easy. For sure. That's the, the whole association thing. Like, uh, you need that association. And I think, so here's another one of my theories. Hear me out on this. Um, for something to be like scary. And, uh, of course there's no universal scare. But my theory on on one of them is um, if you take uh, a familiar with an unfamiliar and for some things to be scary, we need to have something we can recognize involved with something that just isn't right. And it can be slightly not right to what the fuck that is not right at all. So our brains have to have something that we can we can recognize and then just fuck us up, like just straight up fuck us up. Like, I mean, I'll just list a couple of things here, a, a few things, and um, some of you may recognize these movies. I won't even say which movies these are. A hole in a suburban backyard 
unleashes little demons. So the familiar is like the the suburban backyard. You're safe. You're safe. One of your safe places. And then this hole in the backyard unleashes a bunch of little demons. Um, an innocent girl crab walks down the stairs like what the fuck <laughs> uh, i'm sure that one a lot of people know that one but uh uh twin girls and then they're standing in a hallway they shouldn't be in that's another uh familiar unfamiliar um and then the last one i'll, I'll mention is uh a familiar person walking towards you but it's not really them that shit fucks me up yeah yeah, there, there. So it's it's very interesting you saying that, and it is very it's a very intelligent way of looking at that, you know. And I guess to comment to that, I guess that's probably why zombies do scare me. The familiar, you know, the familiar part is these are humans, once humans, had normal lives, jobs. Now they're not, and they can't control that. You know what I mean? It's- yeah, exactly. Actually, that's another one I could have listed. Um, I could have referenced like a zombie movie yeah. um, as an example, for sure. I mean, 28 days later, the beginning of that, when he wakes up in hospital and he's walking and everything's familiar, he's in the streets of London. You know, everyone's disappeared. So the familiarity is he's in London, you know, and he knows his street signs, he knows where he is, but then there's no one around. Where is everybody? Why is there missing posters? You know what I mean? It's, oh, man, I'm thinking about it. It's like, woo! <laughs> Oh, yeah. So for you, probably it's more obviously at home. But even for me, you take a you take the familiar would be like the streets, but then they're empty and it's like ghost town status. Um, So that takes the familiar and unfamiliar as well. It's like, I I don't know, you can almost like put this theory into like any any horror movie and pick a familiar with the unfamiliar. And that's why it creeps us out so much, I think. Um, Most definitely. I don't know. Yeah, it's something to think about, listeners. <laughs> it's it's kind of... I think that is one key thing, and also the play on um, reality, like, fears. Like, Alien, you know, there's nothing oh, yeah. familiar about that because it's in space, and you know what I mean? I guess it is kind of like this little family that's working, you know what I mean, miners, what they are. But the idea of being claustrophobic in a very, you know, tight ship where there's nowhere else to go except from in the ship, alone in the darkness with this creature that is clearly and visually far more superior than you. You know what I mean? That's yeah. Claustrophobia's in there. Um, being being alone's in there. Darkness, fear of darkness is in there. No escape. And, you know, it's got the famous quote, uh, quote, in space, no one can hear you scream. Woo-hoo! Yes. Oh, man, I love that. The quote and the, on the poster yeah. and everything. Yeah. So, and Alien is a very good example of, yeah, it's space is not going to be familiar to us. But the, the familiarity comes from a group of people. Work, they're working together. They're vulnerable. Actually, this will go into my next uh, part that I was going to talk about. But um, they are these group of people they're normal they're normal working people so we can our familiarity i think the familiar comes from these people are not like these superheroes or they're not trained to fight um they're these normal people and they're in space which is it of course that's not a a familiar thing you can associate with but we all know what space is and we have like a general idea of like what it might be like so 
we can we we don't have to like fully um we're not like fully out of it with the space element Mm. um but yeah you've got these regular people and i think um when you just like have them talk act in a way that we can relate to that brings the familiar in the fam- i think um, the two the familiar is when you win the opening and you get to know them and to them it's a normal job you know they've got to do this and you know you see them having breakfast together discussing you know what, what they're going to do when they get this money and what spend it on it's very you know they're just colleagues doing a job who know each other quite well it's that type of thing Exactly. It's the dialogue too that brings us in a little bit in that movie where uh, they're talking about wanting to raise some of the a few of the the members um, of the. They're just talking about they want to raise and stuff like that, and uh, that would be something you know, like you're on a job and everybody has their own opinions. And uh, oh, when they come out of the pods, yeah, do you love that? Yeah. They're like almost like reborn because they're almost look like a little bit like they're almost like wearing diapers. It gets like that. Yeah. That. Uh, reborn feeling that they're coming out of there so um but I guess, yeah that, that relates to you and your fear of oceans though isn't it i guess because again it's it's a familiar place you know the ocean's everywhere but it, does the ocean scare you because of the unfamiliarity of it like you know it's a it's a place that we don't fully understand is it are the fear of yeah, drowning it's like a um it's a mix of um I think that combines the familiar and unfamiliar right in the same thing, the ocean itself, like you said, I think, because it's familiar and I've been in it and I've seen it, um, but it's not knowing what's in it. Like you can't see. Yeah. It's so vast. It's so vast and unexplored that you don't know and you can't see all the time what what's under you. That creeps me the hell out where if I'm in a situation where I just don't know um, what could happen or what's there, like anything. I mean, it doesn't have to be something that's scary, but it's still scary Kinda knowing like that the- been underwater and seen a silhouette of something 20 times the size of a ship, like a squid or something. Do you know what I mean? Like that's freaky. I guess that, that sounds freaky to me. <laughs> yeah. Imagine just like, well, it's also the dark. Like, yeah, uh, I'm not afraid of the dark itself, but I'm afraid of what could be in the dark. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, it's and oh man, and, and it leads into like another thing that I was going to talk about is like um, another element to uh, to something being scary is taking away our safety, vulnerability, leaving us vulnerable. That's another aspect to the um, if you add the familiar and unfamiliar, and then you take away safety and you make us vulnerable. Like um, home invasion movies, they do a fantastic job at ripping the safety right out from under us uh, because that also familiar your own home it should be your safe place but it rips that away yeah um, yes definitely um, which there's other movies too like um oh like the shower scene in psycho like so the shower should be a safe place right but psycho kind of killed that <laughs> um the fucking uh the grudge does that grudge 2 is it grudge 2 yeah grudge 2 does one of the most like Iconic, you know, when you hide into monsters, and the cliche thing is to hide under your quilts so you don't see it, and you know it might not see you. Yeah. Well, there's a scene in that I don't even remember it where she hides under the quilt, then she peeks back over to see if um, the grudge thing creature's there, and it's not. She's like, you know, she's in relief, like, oh, it didn't get in. Then she hears it, 
and she looks under the quill and the grudge is in there under the quill with her and that scene's fucking terrifying oh man yeah so i forgot about that scene they've um that's been reused a lot now that i think about it yeah the grudge used that scene really well because of course again it is that oh safe spot i'm in my bed hiding the quill no one can come in for then the creature to be in the bed with you like on like she looks under like you know down and she sees her face looking up at her and it's just like fuck that shit i'm out type of thing you know what i mean <laughs> yeah it just rips away your safety blanket oh yeah <laughs> pun intended yeah, on that boy. one that would go um, i love you have that yeah <laughs> there's a yeah um i'm trying to think of another one um oh bathtub scene in a nightmare on elm street yeah um nancy laying in the bath and then the the glove comes out of the water that one's pretty creepy i mean nightmare on elm street itself the the actual you know going to sleep to you do your dreams to you know what i mean escape reality kind of you know it's a safe place you're in bed asleep and even in your dreams you're not safe that kind of does that whole thing doesn't it yeah because um we all need to sleep like what what that's it's a genius um plot point if you fall asleep that's your vulnerability like what you just removed our the and we need sleep yeah nobody it's been proven that um that you have to sleep you don't know we don't know the full understanding of sleep itself but we have to um there was actually somebody who died um i think it was a tumor and it made it so they could not sleep and then they tried to like uh, medically put him into sleep but it found out his brain was still like fully awake activity so um even though his body was asleep his brain was not in the the dream mode we it's actually been proven that we need it we just don't know why so to take that away from us oh man <laughs> i mean they they use that idea on the remake don't they when towards the end of the remake they start having micro sleeps because they're so tired and that split minute or second of micro sleep freddy has a chance to attack oh that's right i totally forgot pills to try and keep themselves awake and they they get attacked like what's happening and he's like oh you're having micro sleeps you know what i mean yeah i forgot about that i've actually experienced that um actually a few times when driving too that's fucking scary Oof. <laughs> well, you work the graveyard shift i can imagine sometimes you are shattered yeah my whole universe gets shattered sometimes <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah man there so another element too is tension and i think this one's a pretty big factor um like if you build and give the audience tension the payoff is much more rewarding there's some movies i can reference um that are very tension building but uh, a short movie actually uh did you ever see the short lights out yeah man uh, isn't the original actress in that short movie actually a cameo in the movie yes she's in the actually the same the one yep in the yeah, warehouse yeah. she's the one was, flipping on the light i actually watched it the other day and i was like i'm sure that's the 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 lady from the short film it is i actually looked that up just recently <laughs> i think the short film's scarier than the whole entire freaking movie <laughs> oh man um yeah there's it's like slightly slightly debatable but although i think the the short film did it better especially that scene they did it better i, I, think. I think the reason being um, is because so for me what i hate what some horrors do is they have this great idea 
and it's almost like they have writer's block. And I can I name two movies that did it. One's Lights Out. Lights Out had this great kind of original idea. And, like, that scene with the uh, thingy, the um, flashing light outside her window advertising something, and each time the light goes out, she appears and it flashes back on. Like, you know, that scene's freaky. But then at the end, you find out it's some girl that was allergic to the light and she had skin problems and she's just pissed and she's related to, like, one of the girls and that's why... I was like, really? Like, we're going to go down that trope? And another movie that did that for me was Mama. Like, the first half of Mama, I was, like, I was on board. I was like, this is fucking cool. Then it started going down this whole... Like, the whole when she goes into the floorboards and the hair is still, like, sticking out and it looks like Cousin It is just running around and I'm just like, what is happening? Like, this was a really good horror and now I'm laughing. <laughs> now it's something like you ordered off of Wish.com yeah. and you got, like, your you your watch costume. Mama? Yeah, I did actually. Um, For the first time about a year ago, um, and I, I enjoyed it. And slightly the CGI slightly ruined it for me, but then, like, the same the same points that you mentioned too um it kind of just deflated they it didn't have bit. to show her i think i think they could have got away with minimal so there's two scenes that are really good for that and the one is when the guy goes back to the house of the camera and he's using the flash and she's making all those weird noises and she's getting closer oh yeah and this scene actually got me i'm i'm very like i don't really jump at horrors but you know that scene where like you can see her down the hallway and the kid's like, don't go to her, don't go to her, and she you know, extends her arms for a hug, and then she just fucking like sprints at him? I was like, Whoa, that got me, that actually got me that. Oh yeah, I do. I, I forgot about that scene too, but that that's one that gets to me. I think um, anytime they build that, that tension, and the timing, there's timing and there's like, there's there's a bunch of things in film in in movies right so there's like i I believe there's uh the ambience the music the timing the script the acting and the most important thing i think is the the hint of believability in an unbelievable situation so you still have to have that which is almost like the familiar unfamiliar but um i'm talking about something kind of slightly different in the in a hint of believability in an unbelievable situation the situation can be fucking batshit crazy like monsters with like 10 heads and 10 legs and 10 crotches and you have (laughs) but you have to have make it still somehow believable within that unbelievable situation so you can't have something that the the audience would say Oh, that that wouldn't happen. You know, like the reaction to the person yeah. or can take away. So yeah, there's there's so many factors into that that they have to nail. Like you were talking earlier about tension, how that's one of them. Like I think if that's a big deal in movies, and that is a good selling point, and a move that does that straight that spoils that straight away is a a quiet place, which don't get me wrong is a fantastic move in its own. Um, but at the beginning, you see the monster straight away, and then you know what it looks like, and it's like, okay, I know what I know, I know what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, um, that broke the tension for me because then now I knew what I was expecting. But it did still have some very amazing parts. If it didn't show you the monsters at the beginning, I I think it would have been ten times better. 
but of course within the first it must be the 10-15 minutes of the movie you see the monster and then from then on you have an idea of what it looks like and you're kind of like I know what it is yeah I have a th- yeah, I, have, I have a theory on that too that uh, you can't you definitely can't show too soon and when I first watched the movie I think it was still a little bit um, iffy because the the monster well uh, the alien monster is uh, moving so fast that you don't get a good glimpse, so I slightly forgive it. For yeah. That. Also, but, it's just got some great scenes. The whole bathtub scene, man, that was sick. <laughs> oh, I love yeah. the scene and the fireworks and everything. Yeah. That whole that whole scene where she uh, where she gives birth on her own. Yeah. Is oh, fuck. it's movie That's, magic that you know in about and she has to be quiet. It's it's. As a male, I don't know what what a giving birth like, but I feel for her in that scene. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm just like, oh god. <laughs> right. I imagine it's like getting kicked in the balls repeatedly yep. to the point where, like, you're like about ready to pass out or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> kicked in the dick till you pass out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think you have to wait. So the tension is key. You, you, I, I think you have to wait like a half an hour or 45 minutes before we get a good look at the monster. That's what saved Bird Box. Like, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed most of Bird Box, but what kept me watching Bird Box was the idea that I didn't know what was killing him. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it never gives you an idea what it is. You'd think it's angels. Is it aliens? You don't know. And that's what made me. If I think if the movie showed me, I don't think I would have enjoyed it. I think I would have kind of... I don't know. There was something about Bird Box that I I, quest- I was watching it and questioning a lot of it instead of watching him like, I enjoy it. This is fun. I was just like, what? Is that actually, is this the right idea? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it gets in your head. It makes you think and it uses your imagination before you even know. And you don't even know at the end what they look like. And um, so even the novel's the same way because I, I read the, the novel I last year. I bought the novel too, uh, too, so... Yeah, it's um, they're slightly different in certain ways. Um, you just I said a I very good down. key word there, actually, and that was imagination. I think that is a huge factor when it comes to horrors. Yeah, that's another thing. I don't think I even. I, yeah, I didn't write down that, but um, I think that could go on the list. If a movie can make you think and like what Bird Box does, and your imagination runs wild about what is it, what does it look like, that that can factor into some fears. Yeah, I actually just wrote that one down because uh, <laughs> I was like creating a list of, you know, like trying to figure yeah, out yeah. what what makes a movie scary. And yeah, imagination is definitely one. If you can build that into the, the viewer's head and they create their own version, that's the, the beauty of a novel, right? We create our own, our own image. Um, oh yeah, hell yeah. Creating your own image, that's on the list of what makes a movie scary which um and going back to a quiet place in bird box uh a lot of people confuse those were because the bird box came out as a netflix movie after a quiet place but it was written before um so that that version uh yeah quiet place came out first and then there was another one that came out on netflix that came out before uh, it's uh, her from Sabrina, isn't it? And um, it's those flying things. 
Yes, yes, yes. That one. That one is came out after it came out after a Quiet Place and a Bird Box, but it was actually written before a both of them. Really? Because I think she's quite hot, me. You know what I'm on about with the girl, the blonde hair from Sabrina, the series? Yeah, yeah. She, yep. She's in it. Yeah, I think she's cute as hell. I remember, I didn't watch it. I think at that point I had just watched Quiet, a Quiet Place and Bird Box 2, and I was kind of like, uh, I, I thought it was like a bandwagon thing, but like you're saying, if that was written before, then wow. Yeah, and I, don't, I can't I can't think of the title of that movie right now. It's, it's also a Netflix movie, I think, but, um, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, um... But the story of that was written before. And you know what? I I don't care. Like, um, everybody can have their interpretation, make their own movie, and uh, and do whatever they want. Nothing is, like, really that original anyways. Like, when you think about it, we've all thought or of similar things. And to, to create a movie that's 100% original, truly 100% original is probably impossible because somebody out there has thought something similar. Um uh, it's called so, the silence. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh no. Okay. The silence. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna pull that up right now. Yeah. So this one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which didn't come out till this year on Netflix. I might have to give that a watch. There's a few things on Netflix I watched. I remember watching um, someone recommended me uh, Veronica, and it, it was like all over the internet for its time. And again, paranormals don't really sell it for me, but I still enjoy them. So watching that, I was like, yeah, I can see why people get scared of this. Yeah. I think that was a Netflix one too. Netflix is uh, starting to come out with some some good stuff um, even though they're like severely in debt <laughs> yeah um, I saw something about Netflix is dying or some weird strange article that said something like that I didn't read too much into it but they are kind of in debt but um, I blame uh, the sharing of Netflix no, just <laughs> all the all the X's all the ex-boyfriends and girlfriends out there that still have are still using your your ex's Netflix account, you are the reason <laughs> Netflix is dying. No, <laughs> I'm using my sister's, so I can't talk. <laughs> I'm using somebody else's. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! In fact, um, I have now TV, Amazon, Netflix, and I don't pay for any of those three. Like my parents and my sisters. <laughs> I'm paying for. Let's see, my Amazon Prime. And Shudder. I need to get Shudder. Like Shudder's got a new thing coming out soon, aren't they? Their own original movie. They do, and Creep Show. Yeah. I just watched Creep Show last night. Oh, they remade Creep Show? Uh, as a series. Oh, shit. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm going to have to say it's pretty legit. Um, it's nice how they tie in. I love that comic book vibe and story. Yeah, and then yeah. the. So the first episode was two stories within one. And uh, the second story was far better than the first one, but the first one had like pretty good actors in it. It had the guy from as the jigsaw killer. He was like the sheriff or whatever. Oh, uh, damn. And um, there were some other well-known ones too, like uh, from Breaking Bad. You know the owner of the the chicken fast food oh, yeah. restaurant. 
Yeah, I can't think of his name. I'm not sorry, people. I'm not going to reference names here because I can't hold all that information in. But um, yeah, so and it was pretty good. It was also based off of a Stephen King short story, I believe, the first part of that. And then um, I think it was called Gray Matter. Yeah, it was called Gray Matter. Then the second one was called The Head in the House. Check. It was either the head in the house or the head of the house. It was some, uh, the, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it was, the head in the house, the head of the house. I wanted, I I would love it better if it was called, uh, the head of the house. But, um, that one, the second one, that was creepy as fuck. Like, um. It was mainly, it just centered around this little girl in the doll in a dollhouse, and she has um, she's named the family. It's like a family. It's like a it's a husband, a wife, a kid, and a dog. And then they start moving around in the dollhouse oh, when she's damn. not looking. So it, they only move when she's not looking, and then on just appears on the kitchen table in the dollhouse like a severed head, and it's. I don't know. It's creepy because then you see the reactions of the the little um, the little dolls, and they're freaked out that there's a severed head in the house, and the severed head starts moving around too. And it's I I recommend it. Like um, I am not a sponsor of Shutter, but if you want to, it's only five dollars, and they're they're doing the creep show. And if you just spend five dollars alone. Just to watch the the first episode of Creep Show and that second the second story, it's still with me a little bit. Um, it's very rare for like one of those. It's something that I would actually think of conjuring up myself for like a a short story. So it it kind of it kind of got in my head a little bit more because it's something I can I can relate to as like a fiction piece that I would actually something similar that I would write. Huh. So your you, your fear was like you said you put a fear like the paranormal like Ouija boards and stuff like that demonic stuff. Yeah. Um, What's that? So, um, well, I've used a Ouija board, but uh, <laughs> yeah. And so th- there's other Guilty. things too. <laughs> Guilty. Guilty. <laughs> uh, I just saw one at, at the Halloween store yesterday too, and they. It was actually really amazing. It, it's has it's a Hasbro Ouija board in a box, but the whole thing, <laughs> it looks really well made. And it, the piece, what did you, I don't know if it's called a plank or I don't know what the piece is that you use to move around, but it's it's made out of it was made out of wood too and everything, so it's like really well made. But yeah, I've used it. I've had weird things, experiences happen that I guess are unexplainable. And working graveyards, I've experienced a lot at my work just like sounds and things in the corner of my eye and other people at work too have like like seen and heard interesting things to where is the paranormal actually a thing i don't know but it's something that freaks me out um it's it's like it's my realistic it's my what would i call it like it's believable with a hunt with a little bit of unbelievable in it um and make me want to drink you're freaking me out (laughs) what's that you're making me want to drink some alcohol and like getting invested in this (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, pull on up, pull a chair up, and pull a pint out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just something that that takes me to a point where it freaks me out, and it's something that you can't fight. So that's another thing. That's why slashers, um, uh, the whole killer and slasher thing, and home invasion thing. I, it does creep me out just a little bit, but it doesn't really get me that much because it's something that, I, well, if it's going to get me, they're going to get me. But at least I can fight it. Yeah. Um, and where you take a ghost or a demon, even worse, a demon, uh, Well, because ghosts technically can't harm you. It's the poltergeist that can do it. And then, of course, demons on top of that. Um, you take me in that situation and I'm freaking the fuck out like you have to know some weird shit and some lore to fight it and even then you can't like fully fight uh something like that where home invasion um give me at least you know it gives me more of a fighting chance but if it does take me out then eh, eh you got me you got me but <laughs> did you have this fear as a child or did it like develop as you became an adult um i think it's been around since i can remember um think yeah it's pretty much been around since i can remember and probably wondering now when it's like when i was really young i had to have been this must have been when i was right around five years old i can't like pinpoint the exact age but i remember waking up in the middle of the night and wandering out to the living room and my mom and her uh boyfriend were watching uh this creepy movie and i just remember like this alleyway and then this person walking down the alleyway with their arms and they just start stretching out. And of course it's Freddy Krueger. It's a nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I, from then on, then I just, anytime I would see something that was just like beyond, beyond that, which is, it's a stretch from paranormal, but, um, uh, you can put, you can put a nightmare on Elm Street in that like supernatural type. Oh yeah. Most definitely. Real for sure. Um, where it just messes you up and it, it stuck with me so I think that that messed me up and uh, and then using like experiencing actual things so I, it continued I, it was with me when I was a kid and that's continued as an adult um, so I would say that gets me the most with like movies and stuff like that right what's yeah. the most recent you watched uh, that's freaked you out is set from Hereditary of course um, I would say besides Hereditary, yeah. that's the biggest one. Um, this year, not much. Um, there was this interesting movie on Netflix called Headcount, and it's a, like a B movie. It's not even um, it's like a low budget, and it's the CGI is not that great in it, but. The idea of it freaked me out. There's this, uh, they're sitting around a campfire and they're telling ghost stories. And it's this one guy's turn. He just joined the group and he looks up. Um, it's on a website, some like website that has a list of like scary stories and stuff like that. So he reads from one and it unleashes like this demon type thing that can look like any of them. Oh, damn. And throughout the movie it like changes so they'll be like they're like sitting in the in the house um it's like out in the middle of nowhere and they'd be like just for example i don't know what they were doing but they're playing cards or whatever and then they're sitting like right next to one somebody that they think they know and then all of a sudden 
that guy or that person like goes and comes in from out of the kitchen and says, Hey, what are you guys up to or something? And it, they're like, what the, f-? and then the lights go out and then that, the, the, the person that they thought was their friend just disappeared. So like throughout the movie, it can look like their friends and the, that creeped me out. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. So, um, if you guys want to check that out, it's called, uh, head count um it's not the greatest i i can't even rate it right now um but the factors in it are pretty good yeah so would you ever so as an example like let's say one day it was like oh simeon you know save some money up and come over to england we'll we'll get drunk and you know, party and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you come over to England and I'm like, you know what? Should we, should we go stay in that haunted house? That's the bought a movie, you know, based a movie on, you know, and have, have, have some fun there. Would you still do it even with your fear? <laughs> Hell yeah. Woo! That's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's like my, uh, the form of psychotherapy right there. Like, um, which I love facing. I love facing my fears as far as, uh, even though, yeah, I had a fear of the ocean. I got in the ocean still and stuff like that. And, you know, like buggy board and all that stuff. Um, I actually like facing that type of stuff. So it's kind of a thrill and adrenaline, isn't it? like I was saying earlier. Yeah. I mean, almost like it's a form of like uh, being like an adrenaline junkie in a way. I've got another one uh, if you, uh, about fear. It's not so much a fear. It's more of an anxiety. But uh-huh. so, and it's a really weird one. So, as you know, like a lot of my work is, you know, is DJing and bands. You know, I um, if you um, if you look at my Instagram and stuff, and like look at my videos, you see that I'm always like somewhere quite you know packed with people around. Um, and I actually have a fear of mass strangers. <laughs> so, like um. Yeah, just a, a huge crowd of people you don't know. Yeah, I don't like the... So, of course, in this day and age when you hear something about someone was stabbed or shot in a in a bar or something like that, or is something is just walking home and you just don't know, is it the day someone jumps you? All that thought, you know, kind of built up this anxiety, this fear of being... If I've had something to drink and I'm happy, you know, I've got a bit of Dutch courage in me, I'm fine. But if I've gone out and like, for example, the first half an hour of me when I set up my my gig, I'm like, I have, I'll be scanning the room. I'm like, you know, is there any shady people in here that don't look, that looks like they're gonna stab me, steal my liver, realize it's shit, and not even sell it in the black market? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> that's a thing I've got. It's, I can get very very anxious in those type of scenarios when there's too many people I don't know. That's kind of interesting. And then how you um how you pinpoint or you point out like certain individuals within the crowd as far as like your your fear is uh not just like a lot of strangers but specific strangers yeah so it's so in like i'm not you know i'll never judge a book by its cover but if a guy is at the bar and he looks like he's off his face and drugs and his hood's up and he's looking a bit dirty and he looks like he's either angry or something then I'm like is he going to start something you know what I mean like that type of thing yeah um, 
of course, being the DJ, you do get a lot of people coming over to talk to you just because, you know, you know, the night's entertainment. Um, and like I said, if I'm at a place where I feel comfortable, so of course, I'm, I'm a huge fan of metal and rock. And like my new gig lately is at a place called Golden Lion. It's a rock pub. They have bands on stuff. And I feel okay there because I feel like the people there are in the same boat as me. You know, we all like the same music. We're all cool. We like horror. It's like nightclubs when it's these, you know, I'm not a nightclubber myself. I don't know chart music that much. And I'm not saying it's those people, but because I don't feel like I can fit into that type of society. I'm like, what are these, you know, what is one of these not going to like me? Are they going to be offended by me? Are they going to, you know, hurt me? That type of thing. Okay. Yeah, that actually, uh. That makes sense. As far as uh, this is beautiful, the the beautiful thing about a podcast is we don't have that direct feedback, right? We can say and do whatever we want, and uh, we have less of a fear of like that instant like reaction to. Yeah. Like um, where yeah, where you're in front of an audience, you could get a an instant reaction, or a comedian or whoever um, can get that instant feedback, um, and we don't we don't have to deal with that which is nice being running a podcast <laughs> i've had it in the past where if i haven't played a song some once because it let's just say it's a shit song and it's going to ruin the vibe they've come over and like you know they've demanded and been really snappy and stuff and i'm not a, a pussy i won't do oh okay i'm like i'm not you know i'll just tell them straight i'll be like at this moment in time i will not be playing that song let's say I'm, i've got like mumbo number five on and everyone's having a great time and this guy asks for hotel california i'm not gonna yeah upset 10 people for one guy's poor choice in that song I can play it later when it's quiet and I'll tell them that politely but and then they'll get offended and these you know I'm just like that's my thing that's why I don't like new places whereas I'm in a rock pub I can just say to them give me a second mate and I'll be putting some metal you'll be fine and they're like yeah sweet dude (laughs) because I fit into that society you know what I mean I've got the tattoos and I look like a rocker and I does that make sense I'm not saying discrimination or judging a book by its cover it is just that's how I feel when I'm in a rock pub. I feel safe. Oh no, yeah, yeah. It's it still makes perfect sense. Like uh, I still like scan. I'll scan the room or like like yesterday when I was at the the pub and that person, the sketchy person, walked in. Like you get different vibes from from different people too. Yeah. Um, are you pretty good with that? We're like picking up on people's. Uh, their vibrations, their vibes. Yeah, you have to be. I've, I, I've so, I've spent a life studying, you know, performances and acting and uh, music and that type of stuff. Um, and like, like I said, every weekend, of course, my Instagram isn't always packed with it because I don't have the time when I'm DJing, you know, and stuff. Um, but. Because of that, I have developed a keen eye for people. You have to. That is actually one of your main jobs as a DJ is to scan the room and see what everyone's fancying in terms of music-wise, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and because of that, and just be, I'm quite a conversationalist anyway when it comes to people. But because of that, I, I have developed a, um, a keen eye for people and how they act and what they say, if that makes sense for sure like you have to yeah. um, I'm not an intellect I'm not yeah. a super smart person you know what I mean I'm, I don't read any smart books I read horrors and stuff but I think if I had to say I ever got, if, if anything I'm proud of a trait I've got it is that I can read people very well and that is just because of my job I think so and then uh, I think people who are into scary movie, movies are more in tune 
with uh, like delving into and understanding themselves and other people actually does that reflect onto you with your fears and stuff do you think you're you have a much more what's the word you have more knowledge in that area when it comes to demons and ghosts and paranormal because it's one of your fears I think so like actually yeah now that you mention it um, the things that I'm more afraid of I probably have more knowledge of do you find yourself uh, so of course mine being grudging uh, zombies <laughs> scare me do you find yourself doing what i do where even though they are something that freak you out that do creep you out you still want to learn as much about them oh hell yeah if Give not, me it might even influence you more to do so yeah if there was a chance that it would scare me more i'd still do it yeah. and but i'm also i'm also a, a sick son of a bitch and <laughs> i want to be scared so yeah and i'm with you in that yeah so yeah (laughs) you're either gonna benefit me and i'm gonna be i'm gonna get some benefit out of the situation or i'm gonna shit my pants from a someone's gonna pop out my boo and you're like ah now call me daddy (laughs) (laughs) yeah give me yeah i'm i'm down for for all of it actually which man like I don't know. The, this whole this whole episode is um, really interesting to me. I mean, I could probably we could probably talk for for hours on this type of mm. stuff. Um, I do you have anything else that like before we get into like movies and scenes and stuff like that? Um, do you have anything else like personally that, that like freaks you out? I have quite a bit of things. I'm so me and my friends used to always joke about. Like, you watched Hannibal, of course, our Hannibal series. Oh, yeah, and uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. yeah, a lot of my friends used to always joke, like, I'm, I'm one bad day away from becoming Hannibal. Because I am, it's weird, it, it's almost a curse, as um, my best mate Brennan says. I'm very good with people, I can have a chat, I can hold down a conversation. I know the, the rules of, you know, always make sure that you, you, know, you talk to the person about their interests first before delving into your own and it keeps them happy do you know what I mean but I am borderline sociopathic you know what I mean I'm people I have this thing where I care for people and you know I feel sorry for people if they've got less than me or if they've got disadvantage, uh, disadvantages such as my sister of course and stuff but at the same time I can be very I can be on a night out and just see a group of lads who are just so loud and obnoxious and just the worst i'm just like they could crash tonight and i would not bat an eye i know that sounds horrible but that's because my little fear of people and how they think and how they react and you see on the news of all these horrible things it kind of that's why i don't watch the news it builds up this tension for me when i'm out and about and i'm like um so without sounding like an, an ego, I'm I'm not being egotistical. I'm, I get a lot of people coming over asking about, is the mustache wheel? You know, can we touch it? And oh, is those tattoos? I've got tattoos, on my, like weird tattoos on my knuckles and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I've I've met lots of characters, and believe it or not, very fantastic people. But I've also met some very horrible, weird, scary people. And. I have taken more from the horrible, scary people than I have from the fantastic people, which is wrong. But I just, it, I guess it does come down to trust. It is meeting someone and trusting them, if that makes sense. 
You're such a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, no. Uh, you still have empathy, um, but you also uh, do something that I actually will do sometimes too. Or like, um, I think that's perfectly normal to uh, to think bad thoughts about people that uh, kind of put us in a weird situation or irritate us, um, or even not. Right? Like, have you ever thought something? bad about somebody you actually care about but you don't mean it but you're like in a situation which um oh man i'm actually i have i actually uh, have a short story idea written down about this exact thing but so you're let's say you're on a, like a cliff or whatever and you're both like standing there looking looking out and then you have a thought and you run in your head like i wonder if this person that i care about next to me just fell off or they, something happened to him, but you don't want that to happen, yeah. but your brain goes there. Yeah. Um, so a good example of how my brain works is I went to Comic-Con a, a couple of years back in Manchester. And like, this is when I, like, I, I had one of those moments where people are scum. Do you know what I mean? Like that type of moment. And the reason being is because we, I was, I was just chilling, you know, having something to eat. Uh, and to the left of me, there was a quite delicately worded, uh, an overweight girl dressed as a an anime character right and she was sat alone and she would just you know just sat there she had a wig off and she wasn't doing much and right in front of us there was a girl that had barely nothing on she was pretty much naked and she had about eight nine guys ten guys taking photos of her right now in my eyes i'm like we're at comic-con we are all equally nerds here that's one two it really annoyed me, and so much that I actually went over to the 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 young lady, the the overweight lady, who wasn't getting attention, asked her for a photo, and it broke my heart because she was kind of like, "Oh, really? What? Why do you want one?" I was like, "Well, I want I want a photo of you. I think you look awesome," and she like you could tell it like her eyes lit up like ha, ah, while this girl, which she could have been the nicest girl in the world, she could have been amazing, but because her tits were out, everyone was like, oh, "Let's get some photos of her because she looks hot." You know what I mean? Yeah, and that my brain's automatically scumbags. Why? You know, that's so that like makes me grip my teeth. So I'm like, why? Why are you not taking photos of her who's equally at the same convention as her who's put effort in to dress up as a character she loves? And that again right. leans into the fear of people like being around too many strangers because you just don't know. Like, what, do you know what I mean? <laughs> you just don't know. Yeah, in the state of mind of uh, society in general. Yeah, not just, yeah, it's um created this thing like um what which brings back some of the things you know like probably um well at least i can speak for myself on like zombie movies like uh societal collapse and um when people are desperate they do desperate things and just people in general just we're just weird like i mean obviously there's good weird there's bad weird there's like super fucking weird but um (laughs) i'm a weirdo i'm a weirdo but um it, but I have like have that like that empathy where I can relate to certain people or people that are um, not doing too well down on their luck or uh, just experiencing or just having a bad day or something like that. Um, I kind of like have more empathy towards that than like the people that are just I don't know the self uh, the people that are just attracted to things like instantly like that without much reasoning behind it. Like if I saw a celebrity out in public i'm not going to bother them if they're doing something because yeah. i think about that stuff yeah like i i don't want i wouldn't want to be bothered especially if i'm like eating or something like that like maybe 
I, if they're like amongst my top, like Kurt Russell, he's like my favorite actor. So like, but I would wait in a situation where he was like, not going to be bothered. And if there was a group of people around him, I would just continue on my way. Yeah. Not even, not even try. Um, I don't know. This is like certain things like that. Um, I see where you're going with that. I don't get me wrong. I'm not going to go out on a killing spree anytime soon, but I do have this. <laughs> I just sometimes like I can, again, maybe in, in, in a defense of myself, I do like people. I do get on with people. And I mean, me and you, when we first met, we got on just by the mention of horror. Like I can easily get on if I can, if I can hear and trust your voice and the way you speak. I'm like, yeah, okay. That guy sounds really decent. It is yeah. just those moments where if the body action, uh, the body language and the way they're speaking, I can kind of get them to, is this guy going to try and start a fight with someone tonight? You don't mean that type of thing? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think I think it's good to like have that awareness and be and you know like start gauging the situation and people and around you. I, I don't know. I think it's a it's a good it's a good skill trait, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, uh, man, one of my um, so there's there's a fear that I've developed as I've gotten older, um, and it's a situation like in a movie. Um, I, well, it relates to to real life, but a movie can get me more invested if it involves like the potential loss of a loved one. So if it's like a child, a spouse, or girlfriend, um, that those get me more invested in like the movie itself. Yeah. Um, and it's I I don't I wouldn't call it a cheap element because it, it still has to be done well in a movie. But uh, that's one way of getting me. And then the something from a kid is there something that that you've had when you were a kid but now you don't it's not as bad anymore what do you mean something that threatened me as a kid but now i'm like yeah now it's kind of kind of like it's not as much um i'd say the well, paranormal ghosts it's gotten less yeah as a kid i was like fuck that now i'm just like i'd fuck that hey i'm not being weird right have you ever never had like had like a, an idea of your head like of meeting some hot ghost girl and like make like you guys get attached and become like close and it becomes like some sort of weird horror story where this guy and ghost are in love with each other and they have like weird you know ectoplasm sex type of thing <laughs> or are you well, have I thought about it before? yeah like have you not yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> like <laughs> it's weird like I just always thought like wouldn't it be cool to have a girlfriend who's a ghost <laughs> who's, you know what I mean and she's hot yeah right there's a uh, there's some element to that too that could uh, it's like that uh, the twisted element or like the the unknown but um, in a way like you know like the the that ghost is gonna be like definitely committed <laughs> yeah i'd love that i'd love the uh i think at first of course like any human need to be like ah but like eventually like oh yeah you know what i mean like <laughs> be cool to have <laughs> yeah there's some weird ass trailer that um that i watched not too long ago it's called like handjob cabin or something <laughs> like that. it's an actual movie right, okay <laughs> It's not a, it's not a, I think it's like, a, it might even be a parody. I don't even know if the movie actually exists, but I saw it on YouTube. Um, it was like some fake trailer. So check that out. If you get a chance, hand job cabin, but this summer, but, yeah. reach around beach. 
<laughs> right? It's like, man, I don't know. I would, I'd be willing to do, go down that alley to explore things. Like if it, if it happened and the thing wasn't, um, didn't come across as menacing, I, I probably, I might be willing to explore that avenue. Yeah, like, I don't. Know. Like, I think if you're a horror fan, of course, it's it's the same as if you are a fantasy fan or a comedy fan. You'll have, you know, thoughts about that sub- subject you are you know, keen on. And of course, being a horror fan, I have sat there and said, what would I do with a ghost girlfriend? <laughs> right. I think um, what um, the Japanese culture, um, they explore that more often, right? In like anime and stuff like that. What don't they like, explore? Uh, right. Everything. <laughs> and it's more, it's more okay. It seems like, like, yeah. like if somebody was to release a movie um, about some, it would not, I mean, Hollywood wouldn't touch a movie about, um, like having sex, fucking some ghost. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Name it something like freaking weird, like boobies or something. Like that. <laughs> boobies. <laughs> <laughs> that would just be ridiculous. But um, yeah, I mean, we're, yeah, over here, we're not allowed to like, I guess, explore that as much. Yeah, I don't think like, in uh, England either, I guess. Yeah, so... <laughs> Going back on the question, we, we kind of went off, 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 way off track there. Um, oh yeah, I had I had fears of ghosts at one point and the supernatural and stuff like that. Um, not as much as zombies, of course. Uh, and I think that's probably why the Grudge does freak me out because I still have that slight, you know, ooh, ghosts and stuff. But I just as I grew up, I think it also helped when I moved back to England. You know, like I said. there's not a place that's not five minutes away from me that's not haunted in England because it's such a medieval, you know what I mean, (laughs) country in its own way. Um, So, no, I guess, I guess um, that stopped. I got a question for you though, without using Google and stuff. What do you think is the most common human fear? Because I think I've got an answer for that, I think. The most common human fear, like, um, like as in uh, I, horror or just general? In general, I think it's the end of the world, me. Like a nuclear war or something. Hmm. Oh, man. Let me think. Um, I think you just go down, like, the the common fear itself of death. Um, yeah. Right? Yeah, end of the world also plays into that as well. I think death would, uh, without even... Uh, doing any type of like um, research or looking into it, I would say death. Um, which yeah, we all die, but um, got to be like definitely a common one and ways of dying. Um. So this is from a website called Do It Best, and it's called uh, the the subject of the the talking is uh, America's most common fears. And number one is uh, public speaking, glossophobia. A severe oh, fear fuck. of speak, uh, public speaking. <laughs> well, shit, there's much more, there's a lot more sinister stuff to worry about than, yeah. than that. But I could see that as a fear, obviously. Um, that's probably something that it gets easier over time. I, I imagine, I, I believe that because I think most people are afraid of that until they actually do it or do it in a certain amount of times. So without reading everything about it, I'll just go through the top 10 here. It goes public okay. speaking, heights, acrophobia, uh, yeah. bugs and insects, entomophobia, 
creepy uh, crawlies. Yeah. Drowning, aquaphobia. Blood and needles, which I actually, come to think of it, I've got tattoos, and even to this day, if I get like a blood test, I'm kind of a bit wheezy about it. <laughs> yes, yeah, see, that one doesn't bother me. I can watch my blood getting drawn and everything. Yeah, it's, that is called trypanophobia. Trypanophobia. Enclosed in small spaces on no escape, which we all know is claustrophobia. Yeah, which also goes into like, uh, I guess, in the realm of uh, Stephen King's like Deathly Afraid of Elevators, because you're like in a box. Yeah. And there's like a hole beneath you. But um, you can get stuck in an elevator and stuff like that, too. Um. Um, flying. Aviophobia. Strangers. Yeah. That's something I was talking about. Xenophobia. Oh, yeah. Ah, yeah, of course it is. Fucking number nine zombies. Oh. <laughs> Kinem, I can't pronounce that. Kimont, kimotophobia. Kinem, kinemphomophobia. Yeah. And That's a... That's interesting. Not to stop, uh, not to fully stop you, but that's an interesting thing to be on the list. It just says um, after watching a zombie movie or playing zombie video games, uh, kinem, kinem, kinemophobia, whatever it is, can make you believe zombies are real. In today's pop culture, zombies play a major role in scary movies, TV series, and books. Some believe this phobia is related to the fear of social and inco- uh, economic break of society or zombie apocalypse, which I yes. was saying to you earlier. <laughs> For sure, and society, um, yeah. which we kind of talked about too. But also, something with my theory, it's like the ultimate familiar with the unfamiliar, right? Like, yeah, human humans not becoming human anymore. At number ten, which I guess is very, very understandable, is the fear of darkness, which I know. Yeah, a lot and of like I are. said, I'm not afraid of the dark. Same. I'm just afraid of what could be in it. In fact, I need it. I need the darkness to sleep. If there's a speck of light anywhere that I can see in my eye when I'm trying to sleep, I have to, like, go cover it up. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> oh, man, you know, um, slightly related. Um, in the movie theater, if there's, like, a light in the corner of my eye, it bugs me. Um, <laughs> but there'll be, like, sometimes in the theater, there'll be those little lights that help you so you can actually, you know, like, so you don't, like, die, trip and fall and die when you're, if you're going to your seat or whatever. But um, that's kind of unrelated but not it has to do with the darkness like little stuff like that kind of bother me um yeah i like it being unfortunately working graveyard i have to try to sleep in the daytime but yeah so clicking on the other websites they're all pretty much the same with some added like violent weather or dying um but yeah they're all just you know the fear of dark uh, fear of disease fear of blood fear of flying yeah yeah that's all i guess they must be the most common ones I've got uh, one for me, one more for me. not for the list, but um, when I was a kid, um, my grandma had like this huge collection of porcelain dolls. Oh man! Um, I was deathly afraid um, as a child, and now not so much anymore. But um, uh, I still am a little bit. But um, but it's like it's taking that something a little too lifelike in a dead object that creeps me out. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I get that. That's, um, I mean, when you watch Annabelle, if you uh, search up the real doll of Annabelle, that doll is not scary at all. Have you seen it? Yeah, that's the, the Raggedy Ann yeah. doll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, so there was hold that. Annabelle, I can, I can like definitely agree as a, as a doll, I'd be like, get that out of my house. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's got that porcelain doll like yeah. look to it too. It's fucking freaks me out. 
Did you ever watch but, Dead yeah, Silence? Um, it's funny you mentioned that. I have not. <gasps> I I purchased it. Um, it can Let's see. It's sitting actually in the corner of my room right now, staring at me. Um, I own it, and I just bought it probably about a month ago or so, because I don't know why. I can't. I can't. I can't justify why I have not seen it. I just have not. Right. You can't watch them all, but um, oh yeah, it's now on my list um that i have to because i heard it's like you know like james wan his you you get to see his early brain yeah yeah, his, yeah. It, don't get me wrong it's not the best like it, it's not groundbreaking but it is very very fun to watch yeah it's on my list i'm i'm gonna watch it um in the month of october for sure but Man, before we get started on like movies, scenes, and all that stuff, uh, we're going to take a quick magical break. One of those podcast breaks where uh, we walk away for a second, but not really because you're just going to hear us come right back again. Yeah, I'm going to go to the bathroom anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> all right. And we are back. Howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> Woo! Got myself some more that, um, eggnog from last time. I'm running out. Oh man, that that thickness. How <laughs> thick is it? Oh, it's if you don't put lemonade or lucasade to it, it is just like goop. <laughs> no, wait, wait a second. We need to rewind a second. You said lemonade. Lemonade or lucasade? Okay. See, I don't know. I've never experienced that. That's. Yeah, so ad- advocates like a it's like a yellow eggnog eggnog creamy thing, and we mix mm. it with. Uh, so, to anyone that doesn't know, I've done so many jobs, and I used to be a mixologist many moons ago, and I learned how to make so many cocktails. And one of them was a snowball, which uh, is a simple one, but without boring you, it's just pretty much lemonade and eggnog. Hmm. Kind of crazy, but I I can't knock it until I try it. But yeah. uh, <laughs> it's like one of those things that people don't do over here. Um, but I like trying new stuff. So would I? Yes. <laughs> I do like my All alcohol. Right. So yeah, I'm. Yeah, we were talking about that a little bit before. But I'm more of like IPA, IPA, and then like I dabble in the hard ciders and and a little bit of wine. I like wine. I like pot. What is that? Pot. You don't have pot yeah. over there? No, well, you don't have to explain that. Pot, it's um it's 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 a wine. Um it's just how do I explain it? It's It's just great. It's normal standard grape. It's just thicker and bolder and sweeter, I guess. We might have it. We might just call it something different, or I'm just not that. I'm not that privy uh, into wine itself, or the the all the history of wine. I know there's red wine, and I know there's white wine, and then there's the bubbly. I had <laughs> such a crazy experience with red wine that I just I'm, I very rarely drink it unless I feel like I need to be up a class for a night. <laughs> well, yeah, I I always go towards the white, and actually my favorite is like the sparkling uh, white wine, oh, which yeah. actually is that goes. It's not even um, so. It's not even champagne. It's actual wine. That's like the bubbly wine. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, there's a local um, uh, winery that uh, that sells it. But uh, 
And I'm actually about. going to um. So there's a pub near me, and it's one of my favourite pubs ever. It's called the Lion, and like it's pretty much Halloween all year round in that place because it's a rock pub. So there's like skeletons everywhere, and you know what I mean. Um, yeah. I was thinking, so I usually do everything every year for Halloween. I usually do a gig or some sort. But I'm thinking about doing a Halloween event there and making some Halloween cocktails and doing some sort of, like, you know, fun just night there for my friends and stuff. And hopefully she will say yes. (laughs) Hell yeah. Do you, uh, have you seen those, uh, like the ice cube trays with the mixed uh, skulls and stuff like that? Yes, 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 yes. Um... Wow, what's it called? Frick's Brain? Frick's Brain? Brain, Brain, Frick Brain. There's a, a cocktail, like a shot cocktail you can do, which is, um, what is it now? It's grenadine, if you know what that is. It's like a red, like red thick syrupy liquid. Yes. Yeah. Uh, watermelon uh, syrup. Um, oh, okay. And uh, Bailey's, I do believe. Oh, squashed frog. Yeah. That's the name of it. And it looks like it's all green with the watermelon, but then it goes all like creamy red in the middle. So it looks like it's like a squashed frog in like a shot glass. But you can do so oh. much crazy shit with that because of course it's, it looks grotesque and green and shit. <laughs> yeah. And so the, the Bailey separates and then the grenadine pushes it, pushes yeah. it around. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I, I don't know as much as, as you do, but I used to make the shot. Um, we called it, um, uh, a brain tumor and it was uh so it was like peach snops and then you had like the baileys that would float on top and if you poured the grenadine it pushed it down and it made it look all like a a mix of brown and red gore <laughs> oh man i got to stock up in some horror alcohol yeah you do <laughs> need to get on that but, yeah. but uh so let's get into the the movies the the films that give us the most nightmares the heebie-jeebies um, so you the heebie-jeebies yes i love uh i love that saying the heebie-jeebies <laughs> my grandma used to say it all the time <laughs> heebie-jeebies <laughs> back in my day we always got the heebie-jeebies <laughs> 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 we used to go to school and get the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> We're not all day without the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> <laughs> right? Our bus driver was a, a homicidal maniac. <laughs> but he had a heart. <laughs> <laughs> he got us to school on time. He might have murdered some people along the way, but the kids were safe. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, let's talk about yours first. So your number, your number one, because you've got a couple movies. But what's your number one? I would say Twenty Eight Days and Twenty Eight Weeks Later. Both of them are my number one. Yeah, let's put them both because they are. Yeah, the same. they're closely the same thing. Yeah. Um, except from um, the second one is actually directed by Neil Marshall. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, Dog Soldiers, yeah, Hellboy and all that. Yeah, yeah. I, I was not aware of that. Yeah, the first one is uh, Juan Carlos Freshnadillo. <laughs> fancy, he's fancy. So, number one didn't scare me so much, because number one was... <laughs> the first part is, is very freaky, of course. I don't know if you remember, with the whole wake up in hospital and... 
it's like he was in a coma of some sort and he walks around the streets and there's missing poster signs and stuff and he does the whole, you know, shouting, hello, is anyone there? And he's just picking up money. There's just money floating around the streets. Um, Again, it's the whole cliche, there's just nobody. Um, But then, of course, so I won't get into too much detail of the movie. He goes into a church, which is also a freaky scene. And... um, you know, he shouts, hello, is anyone in here? And there's just loads of these bodies. And at first, they look like they're either dead or asleep. But of course, when he shouts, hey, hello, is anyone in here? Like, four of the bodies just rise up and stare at him. Cold, blooded stare. And then just sprint at him. So That, that, sorry to interrupt you, but that is the scene for me. <laughs> the reason why the movie is so creepy, too, is again, it's... So going back on the whole bringing something to reality is... You find out that that zombie disease, the infection, is kind of a rabies type of thing. It's they call it like a rage syndrome type of thing because they see it testing on monkeys um, and some um, animal activists uh, uh, invade the laboratory to release these chimpanzees that have got the the virus uh, that's causing their rage, and of course that's why they have bloodshot eyes and stuff. And then infects the humans, and of course then the humans spread the the infection. And to me, that's too close to home because it sounds believable. I mean, like, it sounds like a news reporter could easily just say, you know, just come in, this infection in a local laboratory has just spreaded, which causes people to go into a rabies-like state. And it's just like, huh, it freaks me out. It's it's not a fun one for me, that one. It's <laughs> it's one that, that gets you too much, like... Uh... It's believable. It, uh, that's why. I think that's why I'm yeah. just like, yeah. Then again, there it is again. The the believability in an unbelievable situation that uh, fucking wreaks havoc on your brain. I oh man. Um, as far as like, it got me the first time I watched it. It got me way more than like now, like present day. I think I watched it um, again last year. But that scene still is amazing. Um, what is it? It's in the church, right? Where- yeah, he goes into a church and they all, they, they seem like they went there for like saving, you know, like a bunch of refugees type of thing. And But they're all like, you know, head drooped down, um, you know, sat on the, the benches. And it's just when he shouts hello that like only four of them like rise and stare at him. But it's that initial just stare. They don't do anything, but their eyes are red and they just stare at him for like five seconds. Then they just scream and chase him. That does something with the brain where yeah. you just see like bodies down there, but you don't know like what's going on because everything's very still. There's nothing moving around. Yeah. And then when he when he says something, you get a response that freaks me out. And it's when, of course, after that, the father of the church, he's like an oldish man. And he's like, you know, the, the, the guy, the main character, um, what's his name? I want to say it's. Jim, um, the infected priest is coming towards him. He's like, you know, making disgruntled like sounds. But the fact how Jim is still trying, like he's like shouting, like you know, but well, Father, why, why are you, not, you know, listen to me and are you okay? And he's backing away. Please stop, please. And he's holding his hand out, trying to make him stop. But this relentless human that he knows, or knows to be a father, a priest, is just coming at him full force and it's it's terrifying really it's horrible 
yeah, he's still tweaking out and uh, <laughs> like right and in uh, in his defense, like he doesn't know. And zombies may not even exist in in that universe. Like we that's a good thing. I love movies too. Like um, you know, like we're quick to say, Oh, I would have been out of there or I would have done this, I would have done that. But the beautiful thing about a movie is um it something may not exist. So maybe zombie movies don't exist in a certain uh universe of a of a movie. So like like who's to say like yeah i would have acted this way i would have reacted this way uh it's still believable because he's like he's still in a daze he's been he doesn't know what's going on he's been in in a coma and stuff like that so you do you want to do this where it's just we do like a quick quick recap of the movies that were were from what frightens us yeah Um, you know what yeah because we're already like we're so far into like the fears and stuff like that i don't want to do it like uh like our review review type of thing yeah, and normally listeners um, will like review. We'll like go down. We'll, we'll normally like when we do our, our double features and all that stuff. We'll just run down the entire movie. And this one's not all about it. We're just going to touch on the stuff and the stuff that scares us uh, um, within the the movie itself. Uh, are there any other points in there that like stand out to you? Either twenty eight days later or twenty eight weeks later, like so stuff that just like the difference between it twenty eight days later and twenty eight weeks later is the the, the, the burn. 28 Days Later is a such more... So the scenes in 28 Days Later are very much more... Like, there's a scene where one of the fathers, of course, they, they meet the, the the father with the daughter that live in the apartment, and they have to leave because they're running out of water, they're running out of food. And, of course, the father turns out to be a very decent guy. I mean, there's that whole scene where they go to this castle in England, because of course it's based in England, there's plenty of castles around, and you see those wild horses running around, and he says something like, in it funny, like along the, like, along the lines of like, because there's no humans, the animals are more free, and it's beautiful. Um, and then in the, late in the movie, he's there's a dead body, like on top of a scaffolding or some sort, and he looks up at it, and a bit of blood drops in his eye, and then he knows what's happening, because of course the blood is going to infect him and he's telling everyone to stay back and then he's twitching and he knows uh, it's horrible what separates that's a, that's a relatable right yeah what separates 28 weeks later from 28 days later is the sheer brutality of that one it is far more brutal and there's a lot more scenes which you will do oh my freaking god like earlier we were talking about the bed scene so he's there's a main character, and in the beginning of the movie, you find out that he escaped a house that had his wife in it, but his wife got left in there, and he just left her. He ran for his life. You later find out that she is found, and she's brought back to London, which is the last beacon of hope, should we say, of humans. There's no more humans. It's just this... London is just a, like a refugee point, at, you know, place at this point. And so he goes to the hospital where she's in... It turns out she's half infected, but she's not fully infected. So she actually has the cure in her, let's just say. He kisses her, and not knowing she is infected, which then infects him, and then she is strapped down to a bed. And, of course, that whole scene of him just ripping her jugular out with his mouth, and, of course, he gouges her eyes out with his thumbs and then just starts, you know, beating down on her. If that scene alone gives me here the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> That's a that's a that's a a beautifully gory scene in itself, and and it rips your heart out in a way like because she's a carrier, so yeah. yeah, and like you said, he doesn't know, and I'll, you just, see the fear in her eyes that she is she knows she's fucked because she's strapped down and he's turning, 
and she's watching him turn. Yeah, that's it's fucked up. That'll fuck your day up and your life. That's it. <laughs> yeah, so to anyone who hasn't watched it, uh, 28 Days Later is a bit softer. It's, I won't say softer. There's not much more brutality in the first one than there is second one. So, um, another good scene in the second one, I don't know if you remember this, it's, so, they're in a tunnel, and they're escaping, and you get a, they've got that gun, which isn't loaded, but they're using the night vision goggles to see, because it's pure darkness in the tunnels, and of course, they're being chased by a zombie, which I would not spoil, um, and you see that scene where, so every now and then it goes to a first person view of this, of them looking down the, of the woman with the gun looking down the side of the, the gun, which is night vision, so they can see the tunnel where they're going. She's, she's um, directing kids, she's looking after some kids. And of course a zombie catches up to her, and she tells the kids to run, but the camera still stays in that first person mode, and you see her face, and you see the gun rise, then slam down on her face, and the gun rise, and then slam down on her face, like, you know, he's proper hitting her with the gun, and you see that in first person, down the scope of the gun, in night vision. It is, it's so smart how they did that. It makes or breaks certain, certain parts of a movie when they... And if they can execute it just right, like yeah, because that whole scene is quite—it's not lengthy, but you are in—you know—it's tense because it's pure pitch, back, you know, darkness, and you are looking down a night vision goggle scope to see where they're going, and then of course, it doesn't break that um, that situation. It keeps the whole looking down the scope to see what's happening, even when she is getting beaten up with the gun by a zombie. You know, he's proper power drilling down on her with this gun and you're still looking down the scope seeing her get completely brutalized by it it's really smart i think it's horrible and terrifying but so cool yeah and what um i look like thinking back on it i think i'm at like 28 weeks later better 28 28 weeks later Uh, is far more um, superior in terms of execution than number one. Number number one's good, but of course it, it's... I don't think it had a big budget. Yeah, it only had eight million. Yeah, which is... That's like chump change for like yeah. for Hollywood and stuff like that. 28 weeks later, had 15 million. Jeez. So, of course, that's you see that difference. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't hate on the first one at all. Um, it did, it did the things that it it uh, kind of touched on. It did very well. Uh, I love the the scene you mentioned where the blood drop and the eye. I love that. Like uh, we get to fi- we find out that oh you can catch it this way, and then what are the odds? And this poor the poor father like gets gets turned not from a fight but from uh, a blood drop just falling into his eye. Also, something with the both of them, uh, mainly more towards the first one, it captures the scenes of um, being alone in a city so well. Like the the whole, like there's that really cool scene where they go into a store and it's been completely untouched, so there's still loads of food in it. And of course they ransack it, take as much supplies as they can, put them in trolleys, and as they're leaving that store, the, the father puts his credit card down on the side and says like keep the change or something and it's kind of like that you know well there's no one around what what is money now do you know what i mean yeah 
Which, oh, you reminded me when he's collecting the money in the beginning, too, because he doesn't know what's going on yeah, in the yeah. first one. He's, like, just gathering up all the money on the street and stuff like that. It, that was kind of interesting. It just captures a lot of this real, real-life stuff, and if it was a zombie apocalypse. Number two, Fred, is, is a bit more action-packed. Um, number one is a bit more realistic, but that doesn't mean that number two isn't scarier, because number two, in my opinion, is far more scarier than the first one. Yeah, the um, so the second one has uh, doesn't have the chase scene um, um, towards the boat, or is that the first? Or am I thinking of the first one? Man, God, I, I might be like mixing them together now because it's, it's a been, movie that scares me. I don't really yeah. always choose to watch it, <laughs> right? Well, yeah, because um, well, even last night, yeah, there were some ones I I chose not to to fully watch over again because well, and also because I wanted to save some for for my marathon my my spooky marathon and stuff like that but yeah anyways but it's either one or two you guys there's the scene where um he there's one of the guys that he jumps or he escapes from a house and he's running towards a boat i think that's that's the very beginning of number two okay yeah i was right in the beginning he leaves his wife in his house and you see his wife like in the window looking at him as he's running and yeah, oh the score, man. the music in that first bit is so good. Uh, 20 listeners out there, if you just type in 28 weeks later um, beginning music or theme song, it is so good. So good. You know what? Zombie movies nail that sh- If you yeah. have you, you, You've seen Dawn of the Dead, the remake, the, yep, the yeah, 2000, yeah, yeah. Uh, 2005, 2004 version. I forget which year it was, but... Um, the opening scene and sequence of that movie is one of the greatest opening scenes for a horror movie in in existence today. Um, and then 28 weeks later, oh, another one. They nailed it. That the feeling of when you do it right when a zombie movie. Does, I don't think you can really touch that that opening. No, I mean World War Z had a great opening, and not for music or horror. But for that one scene where you see uh, a, a citizen, a normal you know, person, get infected. But as he gets infected, his daughter drops the doll and it starts saying, like, let's count together. One, two. Oh and then God. it teaches you that it takes 12 seconds for you to fully turn. Yeah, that was genius. And yeah. the vibes. Yeah, it is um, complete genius. Oh. I was like, I, I love that. I was like, that is brilliant. And when Brad Pitt's character think uh, he thinks he might possibly be infected, so he runs to like the edge of the building on the rooftop. Yeah, and he counts. Oh. Yeah, that's uh, it's genius. I, World World War uh, Z is, in my personal opinion, it actually had um, problems, too, didn't it? Like they had so many reshoots. I remember reading yeah, I into there was it. A, there was a big mix of stuff going on, and then World War Z, two. Might have been cancelled, but um Which is a shame because I, I liked World War Z. The whole it's it is believable to think a mass group of zombies who sprint who are just completely relentless would just stack on top of each other and just <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and it made it scary with um they went away from um uh, Max Brooks, his version of course in the in his book they just walked. They were like uh Romero style yeah. slow ass zombies but they changed it and i think it actually did a really good job it made it m- way more scary when they started running and stuff like that 
Yeah, that's so we've we've you know just just to finish up on on my first fear. The reason is again is zombies to me are very much a possibility and can be you know a very real in my eyes. So that's where my phobia comes from with zombies. Yeah, that makes sense to me. That's it's on my list. Um, uh, I just have a little bit different style as far as like the things I'm afraid of most is movie wise. Um, but yeah. Oh man. Um, did you want to say anything else about the, the 28 series or no, um, I can either move on to the grudge or you do your one and then I do the grudge after you. Yeah. I'll just, uh, we'll just go back and forth. I guess. Um, yeah. So my, it's, it's, this is so difficult. This was a difficult thing. I think I bounced around with like a whole bunch of ideas. Like, what is my, what is my favorite? And uh, the ones that scare me the most, and they all kind of stayed in the paranormal. Like all the ones that freak me out most in the theater and watching at home, um, they were all paranormal, like supernatural, witches, occult, devils, demons, all that shit. Um, um, oh, possession, even too. And I had a hard, I have, a, I had a difficult time like narrowing this shit down because I was like, what do I, I, I don't even know. I don't know which one to pick. Uh, so I can't, I almost don't want to say like, yeah, don't judge me for my number one. Cause it may not be my number one tomorrow. Like, yeah. um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to say, um, the conjuring from, uh, 2013. It set the tone. It gave a life to the paranormal uh, cinematic universe it just it it sparked things that had been kind of dormant a little bit in a way for me right, um, okay yeah it just i was like oh wow okay uh this guy uh, he can make movies and this shit is crazy and scary and uh i remember i saw it twice in the theater um my girlfriend at the time uh, and it was now an ex-girlfriend, rest in peace, not dead, but in the head. Uh, <laughs> um, she was like, afterwards, she like, she couldn't look at some scenes and she she looked over at me instead of looking at the, the screen. And she said, like, I was just like, it was like, I was just like watching the greatest thing on earth, my face or whatever. It was just like glued to these horrific scenes. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, um, so it was interesting getting her perspective on because I wasn't paying attention, obviously, to how uh, I was reacting, but apparently I was enjoying the fuck out of it. Um, and and it, that's based on two, I want to put this lightly, real people, isn't it? Two actual... Yeah. the um, They're paranormal investigators yeah. and demonologists. Uh, Lorraine and... Yeah, so uh, it's kind of... It, they just recently... Um, I think they both are now have both passed away. And I think Lorraine um, just recently, maybe as of this year or this year, maybe. But um, so what made this one even more interesting was it's based off of uh, two investigators, two real people. Um, and something about the way it was, the way it was written, directed, everything about this gets to me, even like the opening, like the lore of the witch, so they just call the the character. I think it might have another name. 
to, but it's uh, the the main demon is known as the witch, and uh, she she's at this house and she ends up like sacrificing her baby to the to the devil and then hangs herself in the backyard in the tree in this creepy ass tree and that just like when you find out like stuff like that it's just like how twisted and crazy and creepy is that um not to the point where it's not like it doesn't hit like oh this is uh so believable to me it's like creepy as fuck because i'm very open-minded with like the supernatural and paranormal to the point where like if this did happen like like fuck me i'm dead i mean like like how do you how do you how do you survive i mean obviously you can just get the hell out right but (laughs) so if you if you so someone such as myself who i've seen the conjuring but it wasn't so much a a, a staple for me so it wasn't like oh this is amazing I'm going to remember this if yeah. you had to explain it like in a in a small in a, in a quick way what is the actual storyline of it um it's just the investigators that are called to the um so it's um okay so it's uh 1971 and it's the old farmhouse um uh, so the characters are um, uh, Roger and Carolyn, and they move into this um, this old farmhouse with their daughters. And um, I think it's like, they have like five daughters or something like that. It's uh, I remember specifically as like a lot of they had all girls, and there were I think there were the five of them, so a lot of them. And during the first day, like everything goes like pretty pretty smoothly. So it's like a it's like a monster in the house. It's a supernatural paranormal monster in the house where this family moves into this old house. It's one of those things that it's done over and over again. Right. They move it in the house. But it's the way that it's done. And then they, they they call in. All this crazy shit starts going down. And then they call in. The, uh, the investigators come in. So Ed and Lorraine Warren. And this is when we first get like, oh, man. We get a creepy scene out near this the old like dead tree, and um, Lorraine, which is more of, she can sense and see things, um, and she can see all these demons and stuff like that. And she, we get like a kind of like a creepy look of her standing out by the tree, and then we just see these like, we see feet hanging from above, and that creeped me the fuck out. That scene, that scene in itself. Oh, like oh. someone's hung themselves off the tree. Yeah, it's the witch. That's uh, oh shit. Um, yeah, and I don't mind saying all the stuff. The movie's been out for so long too, since two thousand thirteen. So, um, but yeah, it's the the witch where she. That's where she hung herself out in the backyard. Why did she? Hang so we get a little bit. How did she do it? Why? Oh, why? Just to sacrifice herself. It was uh, it was like a deal with the devil where she gave her uh. Uh, she gave her baby to the devil and herself to become what she is. It's so it's fucked Fucking up hell. in a way. Yeah. Um, is it I, based uh, on its true events? Um. So it is loosely based on the an investigation that was done by the the Warrens. Um, right. So. And she was also, uh, the witch was an accused witch as well. Uh, 
So she was from a, an older time then. Yeah, there's some interesting backstory. I couldn't tell you the date on on from when, but it's some interesting backstory um, on it. it. It got me. I don't know the so. And there's a couple scenes in the movie um, that I wanna I wanna talk about or just like briefly touch on. And one of them is the the witch wardrobe scene. Holy shit! Um, this one got me. Where the sh- the 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 way that they shot it, it was perfect, and the build up and the witch is ends up it shoot it, it like the way it does it it um the daughters or at least one of the daughters is in the room and then above the wardrobe the witch appears and jumps down from the top of the wardrobe yes do you remember that yeah so um i just had the quick just to have a quick look i remember the daughters actually the great actors and she's on top of the wardrobe and she's looking down on them and she, yeah that is a superb scene. <laughs> yeah. It's one of my favorites of uh, of this decade, I would say. Also, the the young actri- actresses they they do a really good job, actually. I have a thing for children in acting. It's even nailed or it isn't. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no middle ground. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there is no middle ground. I think, and they all they all nailed it. So, um, so what's the uh, witch haunting this? Is it a house or is it the family? Is it a certain specific person the witch is haunting? It's, um, well, it's the, their house, the farmhouse itself is just like, like fucked up, but it ends up taking over, um, and trying to possess the mother of the house, I believe. Does it ever um, tell you the reason why the witch is, is doing this? Does she... You know, like usually the demon or the, or the ghost has a reason for this if that be it take take you know possession of the body so it can come back to the real world and that type of thing yeah i i think it does explain it um which it's this is another one that i'm saving i'm saving the conjuring for uh my uh marathon in october so i've actually put off watching this one for yeah, at yeah. least like a couple of years so yeah, as far as the answer to that, uh, I yeah I didn't study to review this one, but um, it, I think it does. It explains it. And what um, was uh, another scene that creeped you out? Let's see. The other one was uh, it's another one involving the witch, where she's running through uh, the doors into the bedroom and something the way that shot. I don't know if you remember it or if you can um, look it up or not, but there's. She's running at one of the, the at some of the family members, and she just like goes through a door, and then the second door, she like blows through it, or like it's it closes, just so you know you get a glimpse of the witch running, but then the door closes, and then boom, she just flies through that. I think that second door, like that's the other one that that creeped me out. It's like grade A scare material. <laughs> Yeah, I just found it. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can see the uh, the creepiness behind that. <laughs> yeah, those are the two. Those are like the main two on there. Um, and then there's like other ones that are tied closely to the Conjuring. But you know what? I'll save that for like I'll tie those other ones into my second my second pick because like it's hard to pick a second one. Oh yeah, yeah. So what about you? You um. 
what's your your number two or your number or more than number two so i wouldn't say it's so to make it easier for the audience i'd just say the whole the whole franchise of the grudge is a, a one that is a movie that i i love to watch but it by god it freaks me out <laughs> um and that's a paranormal slash curse monster in the house thing well the first one especially is a monster in the house because of course it's tied to the house um and then it kind of moves on to the the grudge the techie or whatever name is her like lingering on to people and going off with them um but like without going too much into detail why it scares me the reason is is just because it's freaking the whole neck twisting uh crawling down you know there's some there's some scenes captured in those movies that are just so good um one of them is and i think it's number two so number two is based on a schoolgirl, and they get i think it's number two they they they're all like these group of ghoul girls from school go into the house which the haunting is in the the grudge girl and they bully one of them and trap her in the closet which is also the entrance to the attic and there's in that scene the girl is trying to break out of course and the other girl's like we're not we're not holding the door shut and the door's just completely locked into place but the way the camera's shot is so you're seeing the girl in center frame but to the top right you see the grudge's face in the shadows just looking at her and it's goosebump worthy <laughs> i f- i feel that already because um i didn't get to watch the the grudge it's been years uh I, I have watched it, but it's been years. But I, I watched... Uh, is it pronounced Juan? Juan, yeah. That's the original yeah. 2002 one. Yeah, the original one. I did get to watch about 45 minutes of that. He's got a thing with night. dead girls and, like, the ring and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I was getting I was getting the chills so many times. Um, and a few scenes are overplayed, like, overacted. But that's just, like, the culture. That's, like, the, the thing, right, to, to slightly... Um, I'd like say the, the 2004 one is a lot better, but that's because they had probably had a better budget for the 2002 one. Um, yeah, so the 2002 one had a 3.5 million budget, whereas in the uh, 2004 one had a 10 million. So. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't hold on to a movie because it's the original. Like I, um, I automatically don't hold on to the idea that it's better yeah than something else or a remake i don't hold on to that idea fully. a lot of people like yeah they just grasp onto that they don't let go of the idea like the original has to be better and i say so i may not have even seen the other one but it's the original's better <laughs> yeah i agree so the, the 2004 yeah. grudge is, is far more better than the um, 2002 grudge just because it's it's modernized it's westernized and I'm not saying westernizing everything is better but because it's kind of bring it kind of grounds it to more um realistic expectations i guess whereas in the Zhu one's a bit more fantasy you don't mean like you said overacting type of thing um me, yeah because the oh go ahead the movie uh, sorry the movie just is just freaky i don't know if you like of course you said it's been a while it's it's not a horror where you're gonna jump out your seat it's not a horror where it's gruesome it is just freaky to watch 
the grudge makes it really freaky and awkward to watch. Yeah, even um, even the characters in that. So you you even have like the little boy and the cat and stuff like that. That's an interesting um, addition to. Yeah, you his, just don't have his one. father drowned the young boy with the cat, and that's why the cat me the the young boy meows because he died with his favorite cat. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I forgot how that went down. Yeah. But, um, it that is part's creepy. It is really like the whole how they set up some of the, the scenes. Like I said, the uh, the wardrobe scene. You know, the main character's in center center screen, but the Grudge's face is just fairly like you know coming through this darkness. And then she actually eventually like slithers down. What I mean by slithers, it's, it's almost snake-like and like goes right up to the young girl's face. And that's when they get they manage to open the closet. And she's just completely terrified, like, of what has just happened. And again, it is, you're never safe. You know, you can hide under the quilts, and she will find a way under them with you. And it, whew, it is free. Okay, think about it now is making him look at my room. <laughs> <laughs> look around. Yeah. Make sure you're you're the only one. Yeah, that slithering, now that you mentioned the slither part, is that's nightmare fuel right there, where um, her neck almost stretches out. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah, it's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to fully describe it because it's been a long time, but I it's still in my head. Um, man, uh, yeah, it's that's the grudge. I I know it's your, um, like your number two. Um, I have to put it probably somewhere on my list too, just after thinking about it more. <laughs> yeah, it's it's got that also. Maybe before I end it, um that famous scene with the young girl walking down the stairs slowly and like the security guard or some like you know asks her if she's okay and stuff and she turns around and her jaw's completely gone you know being torn off oh that bit's freaky i can't recall that scene yeah if you ever get a chance to youtube um the grudge um missing jaw scene i guess because that scene's really fucked up anytime there's like body mutilation or i well that's even a sub genre body horror is um the mirrors did that well oh yeah 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 especially in the bathtub scene where she actually does tear a jaw apart (laughs) yeah um there's a few other movies that have done that very very well um but yeah anytime you can you can pull you can't have like too much CGI with that. You could have a little bit, but um, have you got another which, one, or do you want to? Die? Yeah, well, I have like a, a group, like a festival of movies that are tied for like my second one. So I'll just like brief, briefly touch on a lot of them are the Conjuring universe, but um, so uh, Insidious, I would have to put up there. It is um, good. It is good. Um, it executes everything so well. We've talked about this a little bit, but that scene where it's broad daylight, they're at the dinner table, and it's it's the best jump scare of all time. Yeah. The red-faced demon, it appears in broad daylight right behind uh, main. Um, I think it's Ed Warren's character, Patrick Wilson's character. Yeah. Yeah, which he plays as uh, Ed Warren. Um, that creeps me. <laughs> It's it's the jump scare that gets my blood flowing, and I will say, do that anytime you want. Whereas you know, like if it's cheap, then yeah, get yeah. out of here. Also, the choice yeah. of music, the tiptoe through the tulips. <laughs> oh my god! So, 
I have that written down as the second scene. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, tiptoe through the tulips in the dancing boy. That's I wrote that one down. It's yeah. like the one that that one gets me. Um, <laughs> something about that. Not only it's that song too, right? The guys, the original uh, performer of that is pretty creepy too. The song itself, his voice, like what the fuck? <laughs> Was he trying to be that fucking? crazy scary i don't know it's like that peewee sherman type of thing isn't it like you'd imagine it's like some sort of kids like movie song (laughs) yeah yeah like the peewee herman type uh you're not quite sure like peewee's playhouse well i'm kind of a little freaked out right now but this is a kid's thing or whatever and like (laughs) teletubbies are a little bit creepy to me too like um (laughs) yeah but yeah yeah, he, they. I don't know. It, it makes you think. It makes me think sometimes if they were originally intending, but also hiding at the same time. But I don't know. But anyways, yeah. There's that one. Then I've got I've got Lights Out, um, the short film, the hallway thing. We already talked about that. That's that's one of the best things I've seen. Um, just the point of view, the atmosphere, the way they do it. Like, so th- I want to just briefly mention. So she's coming down the hallway. And then she goes to she turns off the lights and the the thing, the silhouette. the demon Yeah, the silhouette appears in the darkness where she came from. Genius. Ugh. You just you just made this thing appear where she just came from. And uh she keeps flicking the lights. And you know what? It wouldn't have worked if she would only flick the lights like once or twice. I think she does it more than that, but um the buildup, the tension. You you also see not only her point of view, so you get hers. Then it it jumps to the demon's point of view. Oh my, yeah. Um, and what's so genius is about that is it makes you then realize how vulnerable she is because you're seeing her as this uh, vulnerable little person compared to this demon uh, just staring at her. Ooh. <laughs> maybe a nightlight tonight yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but that movie's the short film's amazing even the movie i actually like the movie too but um yeah, like he even talked about the guy who made lights out um you, it's so much more difficult to do a, a film in hollywood when you have like hundreds of people working on it and telling you you need to do this you need to do that and um you're on limited time for shooting a scene where in his short film, he could have stayed on one scene all day more for more than one day, weeks or whatever. Like yeah. you have no time limit, but, um, so I want to talk about, you know what? I, I don't want to touch hereditary, but it's on my list too. Um, don't want to touch it right now. I love it too much. I want to rewatch it. Uh, yeah. Maybe we can revisit that one itself. Um, the ring is better the the american version of the ring is it and uh the videotape itself is unsettling that, that um, I think that's what um that that's what sold it for me for the ring was the the story behind the videotape so it wasn't so much the girl uh i'm, I'm uh, uh, nearly had a name then it, it went but the idea that you watch um, a video and then you have seven days to live it's kind of like oh what <laughs> yeah uh samara i samara, believe is that's the, it. yeah Oh my god! So if you ever um, if you ever come down this way to visit, uh, they filmed uh, parts of the ring here in Washington State, where where I live, and uh, 
the there's you can actually go to the what is it like a cabin hotel type place where she finds the videotape oh really yeah they that was filmed here in washington state so it's also the, like the body mutilation after when she's got her hands on the victim oh yes like the first one you see is that young girl in the closet and her jaws like all stretched down and yeah that uh that made me uh i think afraid of just life itself for a little while after that. <laughs> <laughs> i will never be putting a vcr in my tv ever again <laughs> hell no like, oh man and when she's crawling out of the tv too like uh some of those scenes don't hold up as well today just because of you know like um, yeah limitations with cgi but the whole movie is still really good though. i mean the last movie to um kind of do something with a tv that i can think of is the poltergeist yes um which the original poltergeist is freaking amazing yeah. i did you watch the yeah. other one too no i uh, so my one of my close mates um he went to go see it before i did and he came out and said don't bother <laughs> yeah i watched it um eh, meh, mm. yeah yeah that's one of the movies so i'm not a, I if someone tells me not to watch them i don't really listen to them so but i have this idea if someone says oh it's not really worth the cinema wait until rental or dvd i usually can like agree with that i'm like yeah okay i'll fair do is i'll wait until it's a dvd release <laughs> yeah and um i watch everyone my my uh my goal and i've reached it so far is i'm gonna watch every single spooky movie horror movie that comes out in theater uh starting as of january this year and i've done it uh more so for you the listeners uh so you can get vibes of the movie to like go out and just like but you know like it's all it's all based on perception so like i'm just kind of giving my point of view on it telling people hey you may want to wait see this but um it's kind of like to figure out if somebody has like this it likes the same movies i do then they can get what to do but uh i'm i'm still gonna watch everything that comes out and i'm still gonna watch things that people tell me not to watch just because uh i have to no yeah 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 uh let's see last one i'm gonna talk about actually came out this year and this one's so um polarized it's so like all over the place that i've heard it's the sucks and then i've heard it's really good and i'm i'm in the really good category um annabelle comes home uh right, yeah yeah i i loved a lot of things about this because it's not all about just annabelle. so we get to like see a whole bunch of different demons and things that are locked away in the room and uh, everything is and daniella is a character in this movie that um ritualistic to me she is the true uh, protagonist in this movie, and it may not even look like that. But once you sit down, she has the most to gain, the most to lose. Um, I, it, it's she's not even like the main character. So there's like the Warrens are in it in the beginning, then the daughter is in it, and you think the daughter's going to be like the main character. Well, then there's the babysitter, and so she's a big part of the movie, kind of. But then the babysitter's friend that finds out she's babysitting for the Warrens, she's super into it. She's like, you can tell she's she's got a creepy soul, a spooky soul, because uh, she's like super interested and she wants to come over because she finds out 
that her friend is babysitting for the Warrens and she has the most to lose and um, I won't get too much into it but if you have watched the movie pay attention to her Daniela Um, she is the one that fits all the criteria for the main character which is kind of interesting but uh, so anyways she finds herself in the room the the room of evil uh, in the Warrens house that you're not supposed to go in and there is a little old old box tv one of those little box tvs (laughs) the aerial ones yeah and it shows the future only seconds ahead of time but it's fucking creepy um i hear nobody talking i hear nobody talking about this scene also that scene to lean to it does a good job of um so you know when she's going because of course you realize that she's into that freaky shit and stuff when she goes into room knowing too well if you already know the story of the room and stuff you, you get that old vibe of oh no please don't go in there you know what's gonna happen if you go in there why would you go in there <laughs> yeah and it explains it though yeah yeah it does really well no yeah i uh, i watched animal comes home because i i was already in that universe like you said and like i said even though i'm not the biggest fan i was kind of in that mi- mindset of well i'm in i'm, I'm in now you know what i mean I might as well keep going. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't stop. Um, it's a beacon for others. Just uh, the first Annabelle was not that great, but uh, Annabelle creation scared the fuck out of me. And then Annabelle comes home had good elements um, to the movie. That was it perfect. Hell no. But um, it was to me. It was very enjoyable of a movie. Also, the uh, that does the um, that grudge thing, doesn't it, with the under the bed sheets and Annabelle. Oh my god, yeah, when you were talking about The Grudge, that's actually one of the movies that popped in my head. Because um, it does the Annabelle doll and and the demon underneath yeah. the blankets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, the Annabelle demon's fucking creepy. Not yeah. only the doll, but the yeah. demon itself. I mean, don't get me wrong, the doll Ooh. is fucking creepy as shit. <laughs> yeah, but something about that, that demon too fucking freaks me out. Um... Yeah. Oh shit! That's it. That's all I have. Yes, yeah, same. I've um, I've scared myself enough for tonight. <laughs> yeah, we won't be sleeping for the next week. <laughs> no. See, the uh, the common misconception is to to a lot of people, and I guess our listeners will probably agree with this uh, with being horror fans. Is whenever I meet someone new or if I'm out and I'm having a chat with someone and they're like, oh, I know what you're into. And I'm like, oh, I really love horrors. You know, I can watch them on my own and I don't mind them. They always like, so what, what, you know, they always believe that nothing can scare you. So they have to ask like, oh, so does anything scare you? Do you you're like, well, yeah, duh. Do you know what I mean? I get that a lot when I'm out in the public and someone who's not a fan of horrors. Asking and knowing that you do like horror movies. Yeah, and in fact, one of my close friends, like I said, the one that's very, very, very scared of horrors, she she was questioning why I get a thrill from it. Um, because, of course, I told her that there is some certain stuff that creep me out and I'll still happily watch. And I don't know. I, I didn't know how to answer. I was like, I just, it's, a th- it's like an adrenaline junkie, you know, going skydiving. For me, it's, yeah, it's going to be creeping. And, and I know it is, but it's a thrill. It's exciting. Yeah, like wow, it's not an easy answer. No. And uh it's uh I don't it's yeah, why do we dream? Why do we do this? But uh, uh but horror movies they make you think, self-reflect. It brings people together and I think it connects us in a way like uh, even like the zombie universe like we could sit down and watch a zombie movie and talk about how to how to survive a zombie apocalypse because it connects us as well. Um 
Yeah, I'm a I'm yeah. a huge fan of that. I mean, with any movie, really. If I go to watch a movie with my friends or watch a series, we always have that. After the movie, we don't go, I'll go home and say, well, I'll see you later. It's, we'll go to maybe go have a meal, have go to the bar, and we will just recap the movie and get each other's opinions. I've always been like that. And horror yeah. is amazing. Again, like the zombie, like, oh, what would you do Like, if you were trapped in a massive city of zombies and <laughs> yeah man i don't know i i love every aspect and uh each each genre in a little bit different way what would you, if you had to pick if you had to like pick a probably a least favorite uh, genre which would you pick least out of favorite out of paranormal monster killer psychological and gore um. Hmm. I would say the one that I never much. So it's hard because I don't really have a least favorite. But if I had to say there's one that I would really. If let's say a zombie movie came out, and let's say then a. A slasher movie came out I would probably lean towards the zombie movie more first so anything like killer movies slasher movies anything where it's just a man going around with a knife stabbing people I'm pretty much like meh don't don't do much if that makes sense yeah I mean that makes sense um, it, they don't scare me as much just for the fact that I can at least fight yeah exactly um, yeah I have, a better, I have better odds against uh, some some killer that's walking in there the is some amazing ones don't get me wrong but again oh, yeah. like if anyone like if they remade a slasher movie now and some guy was going around with a knife stabbing people I'd be like meh <laughs> I'll wait till DVD yeah yeah so what they did uh, Friday the 13th at least they made him uh, paranormal yeah um, yeah, yeah yeah definitely Jason Voorhees is, is paranormal if they would have just kept him as like some regular dude that would not have had the impact well I mean the first Friday the 13th was his mother it wasn't even Jason was it no, the whole movie except for the end. You don't even see Jason until the end when he fucking pops yeah. out of the water like a freak show. <laughs> <laughs> right? Straight out of like wrong turn. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I mine I like them all in different ways. Um obviously yeah. I've told you my favorite psychological paranormal. Um actually paranormal has to be number 1, I think, now that I think more about it. Um and then my least would probably be the gore, gore and disturbing. Even though I love gore, it's weird. I'm, a, but if you show me like, um, you know, like some fucking uh, uh, a Serbian film or like the Green Inferno or something where they're like, they're just like uh, a tribe is eating uh, people alive and stuff like that. Um, I mean, yeah, that's fucking creepy and and all that stuff. But I'll take a paranormal movie over one of those for some reason. Um, uh, yeah, it depends. Um, I think and I don't. It all depends on the execution of movies, and I've I've seen more slashes and like you know real life killer movies um, fail the execution compared to others. Yeah, and it, so gore and disturbing tends to lure in people who just want to do it for shock factor rather than the meat. If you know, like the meat. Oh man. I'm not. I'm <laughs> the meat of the movie. The meat of the cannibal movie um, is they don't go 
as far into it as say a psychological movie would go into like the the lore the backstory the script yeah no yeah i get you um yeah i can't i'm trying to think at the top of my head a a good gar movie that is is good like story wise the loved ones uh is a torture gore movie um which is an Australian movie, maybe? So. I've, I want to say I've seen that. Oh, I've seen, oh, I, th- I think I've seen it. I've seen one where there's a girl who's obsessed with a guy and then she kidnaps him and starts, like, torturing him and the father's also, like, okay with it. And I can't remember that's it. You nailed it. It's like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the loved ones. Yeah. yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. That was all right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not the greatest. I think I gave it like a 7 out of 10. Um, ah. Some people like, just yeah. like... I don't know what category it was with... under. Have you seen that movie, Keanu Reeves, and those two girls come, and they end up like banging him, and then they end up like... Oh. Yeah, knock, knock. <laughs> yeah, man, that was a... I enjoyed that. <laughs> Surprisingly, I really like that one. That's like a... That's like a psychological... Yeah. A little bit. Like, maybe it goes into... No... Because it's not on full-on gore, but... No, 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 no. Like, so they, they don't kill him or torture him, do they? Really? I think at the end they bury his ass. Yeah, yeah. Him. And then they said they recorded Up it and they're going to show his wife or something. Yeah. I I would put that as more psychological. But, you know what? I think it dabbles in the into the disturbing, the gore and disturbing category, maybe. Maybe a little bit. Well, it just makes you think, like, if there's any girls out there, like, you know, not so saying girls, men too, but in general, like, if anyone's like, oh, help me, you know, can can I use your phone? Just, just shut that door. I'm like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That uh, that one was a big note for me. I remember after watching that, I was like, oh, man. Because it actually is realistic. The girls were, like, lost. It was raining outside. He was hesitant to let yeah, them yeah, inside yeah. but they talk them they talk them into it because their uber like drops them off so they have no nowhere to go and then there's a storm so yeah <laughs> yeah for for those of you who haven't seen knock knock um it's man it's worth a watch plus Keanu Reeves I, I love the guy yeah he's just so great and everything all have you noticed like so many of his characters are named John like yeah I don't know about Knock Knock, but uh, of course John Wick, obviously, and then Constantine, John, John Constantine. Constantine. Yeah, um, I can't really think of any others, but as I'm saying, like two examples. Watch that be the only two, but still, <laughs> John. John suits John. his face. He's just got a John face, hasn't he? A resting John face. Right, John John. <laughs> 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 yeah well man that's i don't i've that's it i don't have anything else um i guess giveaways if you guys want a chance at something um you can find either actually find on the the monster squad facebook page um there's something about fears and what scares you the most if you comment if you like like share and comment on that um i'll give away i'll pick somebody give away something if you want to, I'm getting a lot of a lot of likes on it. Not so many comments. So you guys, if you want a fucking free movie, um, we'll do it. Where if people want to comment uh, their horrors and whatever we think, you know what? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, we'll give them a copy of our two favorites, so they can get 28 weeks later or 28 other grudge from me, and then your favorite horror, which is The Conjuring. 
Yeah, I'd be down. I'll give away a copy of the yeah the Conjuring on your choice. On if you don't have a Blu-ray, I'll do a DVD as well or something. One or the other. No. Um. Yeah, that's a good idea. And yeah, it doesn't. It can be either a movie or a personal fear. So, what movie scares you the most and why? Or what thing in real life scares you the most and why? Do it. Find it. Get on there. Um. Be sure to subscribe, share, and scream. My name is Simeon. I'll scream you later. <laughs> I'm Ash. I will be screaming tonight. <laughs> Definitely. Bye. Bye. Pledge your support and join the fright at patreon.com slash monster squad pod for otherworldly perks. Be sure to follow Monster Squad on Facebook and Twitter at Monster Squad Pod for gory giveaways. If you're brave enough, head over to MonsterSquadPod.com for even more frightening sounds that will haunt your ear canals. Subscribe and sleep tight. Don't let the boogeyman bite.